Said I'd rather be with you. <laughs> again. Oh. Like that harmony. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey! Welcome to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Cocktails. We're back here again. Round number two for Halloween month. Dos. Costume number two for Halloween month. Yes. You look good. I am a... Where's your silver glove? He didn't wear a silver glove with this jacket. Did I, he not? I am beat I it. He he, no. Okay. He wore like like black kind of... Anyway, no, he doesn't wear a glove. All right, I'm sorry. I I don't remember shit. It was 1980-something. You look good. Seven. Seven. I think. I don't remember. <laughs> what, beat it? No, bad is 87. So bad is 80, it? 1985. I don't know. I don't know. Moving I don't, on. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm Michael Jackson <laughs> up in here, and we got a uh, something eyes wide shut. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> Slash David Bowie and fucking David Labyrinth. Bowie. I got a werewolf mask from Thriller. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm, we're feeling it, and we are definitely dressed mm-hmm. to impress. I wasn't about to go shopping for a new costume. I did not either. This is not for YouTube. Sorry, guys. I'm pulling it out of my case of. Costumes. Thank you. Thank making you. sure there's no dust. I do. It is a jacket, but I I zipped the sleeves off to make it a vest because I usually get hot when I drink on this show. Oh yeah, we get hot <laughs> on this show. I know it's getting cooler out, but we get hot we on still this get show. Yes. Yeah. Shit. We drink and a whole lot of stuff. What are we drinking? You guys. <gasps> we have another Zenobia original. You got straight up mad tea party going on. <laughs> oh, it's mad. So we are drinking today the Sunken Place Tea. We're about to get stupid. Oh, yes. So (laughs) what you're going to do is you're going to do four ounces of black tea, one ounce of lemon juice. Oh, my God. uh, Half an ounce of simple syrup, cinnamon simple syrup. Um, You're going to do half an ounce of amaretto and half an ounce of whiskey. Oh, shit. You're going to shake all that motherfuckers up. And you're going to pour it into a teacup or a teapot, as I did today. Tea kettle work, too? Yeah. All right. That's fine. And you're going to serve it. And that is my sunken place tea that I invented this week. Is it hot? It's cold. It's cold. Yeah, you're going to shake it on ice. So we're drinking a cold tea. I know it's okay. in this hot shit, but... That's fine by me. I'm doing it for the movie. Okay. okay no, no, so. no, because it'll be... Would hot. you like some tea? I would love some tea. Grab, grab your cup. Do we have like the spoons and stuff? I don't have a spoon. We can. We got to get a couple spoons in there. Got to stir that shit up. I'm so terrified of dropping this. Don't. It's my mom's. These are my mom's (gasps) teapot. I'm not going to. Jeanette, don't worry about nothing. I got this. Thank you. Don't you dare put me in the sunken place. Because I'll put you right back in. Asian teacup. Oh, so cute. (laughs) I like it. I can't do what she does in the movie. She's like, sink. I bet you she like practiced that shit. Well, of course. To get it specific. Maybe she's a tea person. Maybe. Ah, <laughs> damn. All right, so cheers, you guys. Cheers. Get that pinky nervous. up. I'm nervous. Okay, we're Tea delicate. over the electronics. Oh my god, that tastes good. Ooh, that'll play. Oh, it's got some spice in there. Mm-hmm. I like it. Oh, Zenobia did it again, y'all. 
She did it again. Yes, she did. And that is my sunken place tea, y'all. That's a good tea. Shit. That's really good. Mm. All right. It's that Lipton tea. <laughs> no, it is that uh, Starbucks black tea mm. donated to us by our niece. Oh, wow. I can feel that down. That's warming up. It's feeling good, huh? Yeah. Jason's going to have a deep voice tonight. So we use bourbon whiskey today. And so it makes it a little mm. sweeter. It's good. That bullet bourbon. What's happening? What's happening? Okay. So you ready for a little history? What are we learning about tonight? We're going to learn a little bit about tea and the teacup. Okay. All right. Since we drink a tea today. I like that. Okay. So tea goes back about 5,000 years ago. And the emperor Shangong... Uh, All right. Sounds right. He boiled water and outside and underneath a tea tree and some of the leaves fell into his boiling water and it changed the flavor, spicing it up a little bit. Now, he fucking loved it. Gotcha. He told everybody that's how he wanted his water served from, from then on. on. Yep. I like that. Babe, is that fan on over there? It's the air. The AC only? Not that fan on the floor? Whatever you want to do. Just double checking. All right. Okay. Sorry, we'll cut all that. So, by 805 BC, or AD, sorry, um, it got to Japan and they started drinking tea. And then by the 1600s, they started drinking it in England and Europe and shit. Exactly. It became big in France and Great Britain. That cockroach and rat trading line. Tea was their shit, man. Yeah. Everybody was drinking tea. Trading spices, trading teas, trading rodents. Yeah. They didn't mean to, but them rodents hopped a ride. On those, on those damn ships. Motherfuckers. <laughs> so in the 1700s, mm. the first uh, colonies brought it here to America. Mm. And um, it was big here in America until 1773. Oh, what happened? You don't know, girl? Well. <laughs> so, something in Boston, right? <laughs> something about this tea tax. And they got real high. And the people who lived there, they were like, uh-uh, I ain't going to pay extra, extra for my tea. <laughs> so what they did was they dumped all that shit in the Boston Harbor. Uh-huh. And they started boycotting tea and was only drinking coffee. Fuckers. So that is the way that coffee got really big here in America is because of the Boston Tea, tea Party. party. And so they banned it in America until about 1783 when the war was over. The Great American Revolution Y'all. War. So let's talk about this teacup we're drinking out of today. What kind of teacup is this? This is a cute little teacup. A saucer. A little saucer. Sort of thing. I don't know. These were my mom's and they were cute. And I asked for a set and that's what she gave me. Mm. So um, teacups have been around forever. I might drink two cups of this tea. Oh, good. Mm, take, take some tea. And here we go. Um, and <laughs> and in a lot of generations, teacups were passed down from mother to daughter, to aunt to niece, the granddaughter to, mm. you know, down the line. Ashley has her grandparents' uh, tea set, I believe. See? Pass that, it on down. Ain't that right, babe? Yeah. Oh. I love it. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, see, people pass them down, like Smashley got hers from her fam. 
So around the 20th century, they became really big and they started having cool sets with, you know, China, China, China's and stuff. Yeah. And and it would have the sugar bowl and the cream and all that other, like all the set. So they became big then and people started really investing in these things because tea is good. I don't know. I'm not a big tea drinker. Don't let me catch you with your finger in my sugar bowl. You feel me knocking? (laughs) Well, let me in. I feel you. (laughs) So um, there was this guy called Sidney Smith. In the 18th century, and he okay. had this really cool quote that I like. That's Smith, not Smythe, dear. Yes. I'm in a quoting mood. Not Smythe, dear. <laughs> we could throw all kinds of movies so, out there. Thank, the quote is, thank God for tea. What would the world be without tea? I'm glad that I was born after, I'm glad I wasn't born before there was tea. All right. I'm not that crazy about tea like that, but yeah, I feel you. I mean... Do you? Do you, boo boo? I guess. You love your tea. People, I mean, if you love your tea, I wonder if like if coffee was as readily available as tea back then. Uh because people cannot I would not be surprised to hear many many people say what would the world be like without coffee. In my world, I would hear more people say that, but... Wesley and Karina, I'm thinking about you in particular. Selena, you on there too. Selena's on there. Yeah. <laughs> The moment I wake up. Not me. I'm like, let me get some water. Mm. <laughs> I'm becoming a coffee drinker and I got to stop. So that it's is bad the for you. her story on tea. On That's the, the tea. tea and the teacup. That's the tea about the tea, y'all. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't guessed by the name of our drink or what we are drinking, we are doing. Get out. Get out. Dude. I know. Okay, one. I get what he's talking about I when do. he finally says, get out. Like, like that's all he it can was like, No, it was out. like, I knew this dude. And he was like, get the fuck Yeah, out. it wasn't like he was like angry about the flash. It was like, motherfucker, get out of this house. Yeah, I'm get out. to save you. One, I think if it was me, I would say, run, nigga. I know that sounds really dumb, but I feel like if I could if muster it up, I'd be like, no. I mean, it'd be a weird title for me. Yeah, everybody. that's yes. what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's going to be a good title. I get that. But if all I could muster up enough to get a black person out of the house, uh-huh. that's probably what I would say, like, run, nigga, run. <laughs> that's just me. But that, no. it, you're right. It would be a really weird title. I'm thinking of Dave Chappelle now in his skit with Wayne Brady. Run, bitch, go get some help. No. <laughs> He's like, what? Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> give me your sandwich. All right, more money for me. <laughs> give me a damn sandwich, me, Dave. I said, give me a sandwich. <laughs> All right, so you want to hear the stats about Get Out? Yes, please. Yes. Yes, with my pinky out. Yes. So this movie dropped. February 24th, 2017, so not too long ago. Two years, doing some change. And we've been talking about it since we started the show. Yeah. So, the budget, $4.5 million. That ain't shit. Today's money, which is really nothing, is (laughs) (laughs) 4.59. million. Oh, damn, I was almost there. I was there. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it made two hundred and fifty-five million dollars 
And in today's money, that's just two hundred and sixty. Oh, it's just 260. It's not that much. Inflation hasn't gone up too much. Dude, this movie. Holy shit. Like, it exceeded everybody's expectations. Oh, yeah. And doing the research on the movie, I can see why. Like, watching it, you can see why. It's a great fucking movie. And I don't even like horror movies. I know you don't. But it's good one. Mm -hmm. It fucks with your brain. A little bit. I love it. I love when movies make you think and keep you thinking. Yeah. And it's all very subtle and you have to pay attention to the little, little things. A movie that's so good that I have to watch multiple times to make sure that I got it all. Those are good movies. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of them. And the director even said you want to watch this yeah. a number of times yeah. to pick up on shit that you might have missed. Yeah. So the Rotten Tomatoes. You ready? Mm-hmm. Critics, 98%. Yes. Audience, 86%. Okay. I'm going to go somewhere around 94, 95, but that might just be because I'm not a big horror guy. I'm going to say that the critics got it right, and I'm going to 98 it. 98. Because it was just so beautifully done. It really was. It is more than a horror movie or a suspense movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the best part about it, is that it's more than what is on the surface. Like, when I first saw the trailer for it, I thought it was a comedy. Yeah, it's not made to just scare you. It's made to make you think. It's made to raise questions. It has a subject matter, which is very pertaining to today. Um, and it, is, it, it tackles a lot of things. Yeah. No. In addition to being a hell of a movie. A hell of a movie. Mm. So are you ready? For what? The motherfucking drinking game. For this movie? Absolutely. Let's get our drink on. So uh, pull up your teacup with your sunken place tea and get ready to take a sink. Sink into the floor. He's like, wait, wait, sink. So, <laughs> so when you see a teacup, you're going to take a sip. Yep. I'd be like, can you, like, stop? Like, how, how much more stirring do you need to do on your tea? Like, oh, it's been 10 is that minutes. lemon not, not in there yet? Is that in there? I don't know. Just let it. Just she doesn't want to do that because if she goes, he's going to fall flat on his face. He's like, whoa, he felt like a fucking... A stack of bricks or whatever. Stack of potatoes or whatever. It was. <laughs> he did go down. Okay, <laughs> so you're going to take a simp when Chris goes into the sunken place. Mm. Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Which happens? Wait, 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 wait. She's like, sink. I love when it's like the little him sinks through the bed. It's like scratching on the freaking armchairs. I know. He's just like uncomfortable the whole time. Absolutely. He gonna take a simp when get out is said. Mm, I like that. You like that? I like that a lot. Yeah. So you gonna take a simp? Get out. She's like, what? Get out. Sorry, man. Get out. Nose bleeding and shit. (laughs) I know. I love him. He's so cute, dude. Okay, so you gonna take a simp when you see a deer 
either you oh, hit a deer. Oh, dead or alive. Well, yeah. most, I mean, pretty much all of them are dead. Yeah. Except for the first one is so if you kind of alive. See the deer get hit by the car, or you see the deer hanging in the fucking scary room for yay or whatever. It yeah. Is. When you see him Study. stab the fucking dude in the stomach with the deer. You're going to say up on that. He gets bucked. He gets bucked. He does. <laughs> We're going to get bucked in here. He got fucking bucked. Okay, so you're going to take a simp when sex slave <laughs> is said. Sex slave. Oh, shit. Chris, you got to get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of, of there. <laughs> you got to be in some eyes wide shut situation. Mother. You, you better leave, Hello? motherfucker. Oh, shit. It's His fun. battery must have died. His battery must have died. <laughs> Hobie's gonna leave though. Oh my god, I love him so much. Yeah, so sex slave. <laughs> sex slave. He says it a couple times, um, especially when a he's trying. Few to ex- times, especially yeah. when he's trying to explain to the cops. Maxine. Like, yeah, Maxine, Maxine Shaw. Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. Yes. Fucking up. She said, "Don't say I don't do nothing for y'all." <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> so you gonna sick a simp when they talk on the phone? Okay. Anybody. Yeah. You going to take a simp. Because the whole thing is they keep unplugging his phone. They keep unplugging his phone. And this is why you need a portable battery so they can't unplug it. You're walking around with a little battery. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to take a simp when someone cries. One tear or two tears. It don't okay. matter. I got you. Take a simp. Ooh. Okay. That's some of that shit is oh you know it's good crawling up <laughs> your skin a little bit I know okay. I assure you there was no funny business mm. damn this shit is already getting me I can't even say funny business Sink. oh <laughs> okay so you're gonna take a simp when TSA is said or Rod is in his uniform yes <laughs> as a TSA agent you know you guys are detectives I got the same training for my TSA uh, workers out there, we appreciate you. <laughs> you guys are the top flight security of the world. Top flight security of the world. Shout out to my girl, Deanna. She's not TSA, but she does work at the airport. And she was going to be our guest on this episode. Yeah. Uh, but them airport hours are no joke. Like, she's she, probably at work right now. Because she handles shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TSA. Motherfucking A. We handle shit. Yes. <laughs> Consider this situation fucking handled. <laughs> like, just drive off, bitch. I don't give a shit. I told you, man. I told I, you I not to go in that say, I told you. But I motherfucking told he you. He couldn't help himself. He's like, I, think I told I, you. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it so soon. Like, we would have been driving for a good 30 minutes. And This uh, is why it's not just a <laughs> horror movie. Because... You're, you're like freaked out, but at the same time, it's so you're fucking like, God funny. God damn it, you're God damn it. Rod, I'm sorry. I Rod. thought the bitch was cool. Not the time, dude. <laughs> you're going to take a simp when Chris's phone is shown. So if it's shown unplugged, if it shows dead, you take a simp. Okay. When he uses his phone to take a picture of the dude, you're going to take a simp. Okay. So you're going to finish your drink. When Redbone song is played. Ooh. So stay woke. Stay woke. Sorry. God damn. They be creeping. <laughs> they gonna try to. Gonna catch you sleeping. Ooh. Dude. Ooh. And I love that song oh before God, the movie. I like the way you sing that. 
it's too he sings it too high. I can't I can't get it up there. But I loved that song before the movie even came out. And when okay. it came out and he played it, I was like, oh, I fucking oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, I almost like it came in my pants. That's how oh I feel. Yeah. It was good. It was a good. It worked with the movie perfectly. What the song is talking about and just everything. Jordan, you hear that? You see that? You see what you did? You see what you did? Your fault. Oh, your fault. Right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have a younger brother? I know you're married already. <laughs> yes, he is. So, oh, yeah, he's married to What's-Her-Face, huh? Yes, he is. I love her from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're too cute. I, we, damn it. We're not on him yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was I? Oh, I was finishing a drink. Damn. So you going to finish your drink <laughs> when... Where am I You got me fucked up. <laughs> what did you put in this tea? Shit, I am sinking. Uh-huh. It's acid. I hope you're ready. Having a brain lapse <laughs> over here. Okay, so you're going to take a simp when TSA saves the day. Ooh, okay. Burr, burr, burr. Chris! <laughs> we handle shit. That's what we do. I know, you think it's the cops, huh? Oh, my God. I Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she does too. She's playing fucking damsel in distress. Get the fuck out of here, bitch. <sighs> Whatever. She was smiling while he was choking the shit out of her. Uh huh. <laughs> shit. All right. Well, you got anything for, to add to To add to this? Yes. Take a simp every time Chris is taking or trying to take a picture. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Number one. Number two. Uh, you gonna finish a drink when Chris finds the pictures of all of her ex-boyfriends that may cross timelines with whenever you have people finishing their drinks. But I was gonna say, oh, when they do the silent auction. Oh, that's pretty good. That's kind of the around the same yeah. time. Okay, okay. So that'll work. I would have voted for Barack Obama a third time if I could. I love the guy, greatest president of my time. Uh huh. Fucking in guy. my life. This fucking guy. Don't ever trust the white person who says that. <laughs> this dude loves to play hate hated characters. He he does a really good job. He does a really good job. It's easy to dislike him, apparently. But even, to like him at the same time. Even since the 90s, we've been thinking of this dude. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into it. I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Well, I know. okay, okay. Well, that <laughs> is the motherfucking drinking, drinking game. game. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So all of my notes are on Jordan Peele. So let's start awesome. this. Okay. You want to take Jordan Peele? It's not all of them. I'll sprinkle some shit in there. Go for it. Oh, shit. If you want to take the reins on my dude. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm not ready. Okay. Um. So, Jordan Peele. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know where you got the idea for this movie from? I did not. Okay. So, Jordan Peele came up with this idea for Get Out from the 1983 Eddie Murphy's Delirious. What? Yes. Eddie Murphy Delirious. Apparently he has a joke on there about horror films and asks why white people do not leave when they're 
in like a haunted ghost house. Like why you why are you gonna leave? He said that like if he would have bought a house and if it was a ghost house and it said get out. He, oh <laughs> yeah. He would have told his wife like I too bad we couldn't know stay that in your joke. baby. Yeah, go. he's like oh baby this is beautiful. It's we good. got the chandeliers here. It's we got nice. the stairwells. Get out. Too bad we can't, we can't stay, stay, baby. We gotta go. <laughs> I do remember that now. Well, that is uh, <laughs> kind of the basis of where this shit came from. <laughs> Not pretty funny, huh? Yeah. Uh, Jordan. Peel. Peel. Key and Peel. Key and Peel. Um, Keegan Michael Key, Key and Jordan Hayward. Is that his middle name? Hayworth. Peel. Hayworth. Hey, Hayworth. Mm-hmm. So he. Be- broke a lot of records with this movie. Yes, he did. If you don't know, Jordan Peele started off as doing more of improv. The first time I remember seeing him was Mad TV mm-hmm. with uh, Keegan. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, yeah. They, they were together. They, they did one of my favorite sketches on there, which is the handshake sketch. Have you ever seen that? I have not seen that one. No, it, it's it's old because it is from Mad TV, but it's like. Like, I more watch them during Key and Peel, which they kind of do it a little bit, but not really. Like there's like where they're two friends and they're always like anytime they're happy to see each other, they have like their black man handshake, but they're like elaborate. Oh, <laughs> like crazy elaborate crazy one. Okay, elab- like one of them is like Peel's getting married and. Keegan is his fucking best man. And he's like, man, I can't believe you're getting married, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like these crazy, I was like, handshakes and stuff like that. And that's like the first memory I have on him. Okay. And then he moved from that to, you know, starting his own TV show, Keen Peel. Uh-huh. 20, that, what was it, 2012 to like 2015, something like that? Hilarious. Absolutely. They have I a, love that shit. A, so many good catchy ass shit. Like, I said, <laughs> that one? that's probably one of their best longest they have another one where like i do like that one keegan gets high and he they're sitting on like a porch and peel's sitting there smoking like out of his bong and keegan's like yo man let me hit that and he's like no you don't want this and he's like man yes i do i used to smoke back in the 90s and he's like weed's a lot different weed's now. a lot different now he's like man just let me just let me hit that. I know I can handle it. He's like, I know you can't handle it. He's like, well, Isn't it how crazy do you know? How far weed has come yeah. in the last 20 years? A lot of drugs apparently have gone down in quality, and weed is like one of the only ones that have gone up. Yeah. It's gone way up. It's just a funny thing. But <laughs> but uh, Keegan doesn't realize that he already smoked, and he's high, and he doesn't remember oh, shit. smoking. And Peel's like, I'm not going to let you hit this, because you hit this about 15 minutes ago, and we've had this conversation about three times. Nice. Because okay. no way. <laughs> it's just, they just have a great sketch. That delay. He also, I read a statement saying that he likes directing more than he likes acting. Are you ready for your second cup of tea, sir? Yes, but more so you got me excited for a moment. Because I would like to personally thank Jordan Peele. For? Inspiring me to tell my agent to fuck off. Yeah. Not not necessarily fuck off, but I so little uh, story about Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele was so insulted because they offered him the role of poop in a Pixar movie or something like that. 
Was it like the emoji movie or something? Yeah, the emoji movie, exactly. <laughs> okay. They offered him the role of Pope, and he straight up told his agent, I'm done acting. I'm not auditioning for shit. I'm not doing this shit anymore because it's fucking stupid. And I always wondered why I saw Keegan more than I saw P.O. on TV. I'm like, why did I never see P.O. Like, do stuff in like movies or guest spots on TV shows? But now it makes a lot more sense. Because yeah, he because was they're both for, great. They're both great. But I always thought, like, well, how come I never see him in anything? But well, it I mean, makes sense yeah. because behind the scenes of them writing their sketches for their sketch show, he's writing this. He's writing us. He's writing he's, all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting his shit together. doing a lot of above-the-line stuff, yeah. directing, producing, writing, all that stuff. Yeah. However, I will say Keegan-Michael Key is a hell of a character actor. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I... that motherfucker can transform into different people. Different races. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you seen him play, uh, what is it, like a Puerto Rican dude? I seen him play a Puerto or a Cuban Rican dude. dude. Like, I seen him play, like, a white dude. He got the grill and the dreads and all that shit. He don't fucking... What movie was that? I just want to It was say... like Let's Be Cops or some shit. Oh, that's right. It was Let's Be Cops. <laughs> and then they tried to make What's-His-Face, like, look like him. And then he looks nothing like him. Um, I think that whoever does the wigs on their show mm-hmm. needs awards because hair and makeup. Their fucking hair and makeup on that show is fantastic. Fantastic. Fuck yeah. So uh back to uh the lecture at hand. So after hearing this, uh this actually made because I was already very, very frustrated. I've been in Los Angeles uh going on eight years now and I've watched people, no offense, but of lesser caliber of an actor, people that don't really put in the work or don't really uh, have the talent or whatever you might say, rise and rise and rise uh, for one reason or another. And that's a common thing in this business is some of the best actors you've never heard of because they it's a matter of luck in a lot of ways. It's a matter of luck. It's a matter of timing. It's a matter of who your agent is and whether they can get you in the door. Uh, it's a matter of you having your stuff together. And a lot of actors chase their tails because they don't have the right tools. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing because there's so much information out there. You need to do this kind of headshot. You need to take this kind of class. You need to have this on your resume. You need to no. You need to have this type of headshot and it's like no this is all bullshit because the fact of the matter is you're training for a job that you're not right for Mm -hmm. like you go to these acting classes and they're teaching you classical shit you're doing shakespeare you're doing roles that you would never actually be cast as and then all of a sudden you're auditioning which is a whole different scenario and you're auditioning for a role that is completely brainless. You have two lines and all you're doing is walking up to a table and saying, would you like more breadsticks? Mm -hmm. That's how you start out. Yeah. And that in itself is hard as fuck to accomplish. I mean, so is writing Mm -hmm. what she had to do. Absolutely. He said that he did 200 drafts of this movie before we got to what we got. I get that. I 100%. I've probably Especially done, being your first like full feature script. Yeah. You know, I've probably done an easily 75 different drafts of the script that I'm working that's how on right now. So you get it right, get it tight. But after hearing this story, I straight up told my agent, I'm done chasing these auditions because I'm never right for them. 
I'm too Hispanic to play white. I'm too white to play Hispanic. Every time I go in there, they say that I'm so, there's something wrong mm-hmm. and I'm not right for the role. Not quite what they are looking for. Looking Great, for but too intense, too short, too brown, too white, whatever the case is. And afterwards, as an actor, you take something back with saying, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I can create better content than what I'm auditioning for in the first place. I think that's kind of what happened to him. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Jordan Peele, thank you so much because I am definitely following in your footsteps on that note. He has broken so many barriers. Mm. Like, he became the first black writer, producer, and director to earn more than $100 million in a debut film. Wow. First. Dude. Took it took to 2017 for this shit to even be the first. That just kind of puts in perspective of like how far we've come and how far we really haven't come. Mm-hmm. Like I know I don't know if that makes sense or anything. It does. It absolutely does. Um, you want to hear a fun fact story about him? Yes. That is super cool. Okay, so since we're talking about uh, first blacks, uh, people to achieve something, he's also the first black writer to win best original screenplay and he's only the fourth to be nominated mother i think the mic got cut off and we, ta- <laughs> and we talked about two of the ones already Which john one? singleton spike lee yeah there's one more i can't remember what the other one is oh babe i was just joking the mic did not get cut okay. off she's all freaking out of here thank you thank you sound department you're the best <laughs> So okay. that was a play on the movie. Damn, his phone must have died. <laughs> oh. All right. So at UCLA, there is a class called Sunken Place Racism uh, and the Black Horror uh, movies. Horror? Horror, not horror. Yeah. So the Sunken <laughs> Place Racism Survival and Black Horror is a. Class like that you could or... take at UCLA. Dude. I know. Can I audit that? Because I would totally go sit in that. Yes. Um, so this class was started after the movie, obviously, and it's based off of kind of the theories of the movie puts out there. So in 2017, October of 2017, Peels surprised students by sitting in the back of this class. No shit. Was he... Nobody really in makeup and like no costume and disguise and shit. No, he's not dressed as the fat dude who calls for pizza or <laughs> the chick who has who's annoying and it's always fighting with her boyfriend. No, none of those. Okay, he dressed as himself, hid in the back, and the class didn't really know that he was there until they asked a question, like, "What do you think the director was trying to say about where am I?" About the conversation of the black of the black bodies, like mm. what do you think about that? Like them taking over black bodies? What do you think the director was trying to say? Blah 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 blah. blah. And Peel raised his hand up. And he's like, "Well, I think I have something to say." And fucking got a standing ovation as he walks to the front of the class and teaches the class no for the day. Shit. Yeah, and I don't know if the teacher was like in on it or anything, but he. Got in there in the class. Yeah. And 
those kids Professor, like fucking rats. Go have a smoke. I got this. You think I got this? <laughs> so what the director was trying to say is, and you're like, dang, yeah. So that's awesome. I thought that was really cool, and I'd still like to audit this class, even if I mean, there's Jordan a lot of things in this one movie. I haven't even seen Us yet because, mm-hmm. well, it's a scary ass movie. Um, but. that's a different movie it is a different movie good um that's super bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) slow guy passes him on the track what the fuck what the fuck man okay (laughs) there is a lot of very small things in this movie that i mean they're not small things they're very big things but they're very subtle things that you have to pick up on and pay attention in order to understand everything that jordan peele was trying to do with this movie he does a lot of things he gives homage to other movies uh he makes you think about what something really is Mm -hmm. i liked us i enjoyed it Quite a- Flight 237, now boarding. <laughs> I was going to say. He That's likes, one of the easiest ones. He likes to add things. So the scene where uh, Rod is out front trying to call Chris. He's on the phone with Chris. In the background, it does talk about Flight 237. Which is? The Shining. The oh, Kubrick. I'm Aww. glad you know. That made me happy. <laughs> yeah, so you just got to look out for some of those shit. And it's cool. This movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like even when uh, the dad is walking him through the house and giving him the tour and this, that, and the other, uh, he says that uh, the door, we don't go down there. We got to seal that up because there's a black, black mold, mold down below or some shit like that. Basement, we had to seal it up. Some black mold down there. Because the black person is the mold and the white person feels the mold. Mm-hmm. There you go, motherfucker. So many things. Okay, so I know that he said that he is more focused on directing instead of acting, mm-hmm. but he is in this movie. Mm-hmm. He does. Yes, he is. The voice of, I guess, the deer as it dies. Yeah. Whatever that noise is. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is Jordan. Yes, it is. Plus, he also does the commercial that Rod's watching when he's at Chris's house and he's with the dog and it's mm-hmm. like a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Yep. That is Jordan out there fucking doing the shit. Mm-hmm. I did not know those. I didn't know that until this week that that was soon. Oh, I didn't either. I but mean... him, but the talking him, once I listened to him, I'm like, you're right, that is him. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, Let's see. Oh, I got, oh, we got a really good one. Okay. This makes me want to work on one of his movies so bad. Okay. Okay. So Jordan, he would direct scenes while doing impressions of Tracy Morgan, Forrest Whitaker, and Barack Obama. <laughs> no shit. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That's fucking He's awesome. He's all sitting there trying to tell you, like, okay, what I need you to do here is, you know, feel really eerie. You got a Barack Obama directing this scene. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's how you have to know. You have to take it serious. <laughs> if he's Barack, you're like, oh, shit. This is <laughs> the president's telling me what to do. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's uh, he, isn't that what he used to audition for SNL? The Barack? Yeah, he did a Barack Obama impression, I, I believe. Well, he does it. Him and, and Keegan, Keegan do it on the show. Oh, I love it so much. Where he does it. Much. And he, Keegan's the black guy who translates what uh-huh. Obama's really saying. 
And he, Keegan actually got to do that for Obama at like some function where he, Obama's talking, the real Obama's talking, uh-huh. and Keegan's like black translating it. Dude. <laughs> Brock has the best fucking sense of he humor. He does. He really does. He, <laughs> he really does. He's like, like, you guys are too funny. Every president that we have, there's always somebody, you know, usually SNL is the ones that are like making fun of the president. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Will Ferrell would play George Bush, W. Yeah. Uh, I think Alec Baldwin is playing our current fucked up ass president. Voldemort. Yeah. Uh, what about <laughs> what about uh, uh, Amy Poehler? Not Amy Poehler. Ch- Ch- blah, 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 blah. I can't Ch- remember her name. Tina but- Fey, where she does. God, what's her fuck? Oh, I can see Russia from my house. This. <laughs> she never became. She never did vice president or president Damn, or whatever what she that? was running for. I've been drinking. I can't starts remember. With a, all right, starts with a P. Starts with a I don't give a fuck. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he got to do some real cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one thing I kind of want to talk about. I know this isn't necessarily him, but I've been reading about it, and it made me upset, so I'm ready to talk. I'm oh. ready to talk. Here we go. Getting serious. Let's get to that nitty-gritty. Okay. So, like we said... Critics acclaimed this movie. The film grossed a lot of money, and it didn't take a lot to make it. Okay. But it was not a big hit with old Oscar voters. Okay? So some of them dismissed it as, well, it's not really a Oscar-worthy movie to watch. Or they didn't like the racist tone. They didn't like the subject matter? Of the movie. So... What ended up happening was the young Oscar voters had to go to these old Oscar voters and be like, no, 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 you guys have to watch this. Because even if you're part of the committee, or you don't have to watch every movie they send to you. You don't uh-huh. have to. No. And people, some people vote on movies they haven't even seen. No, fuck that. Yeah. Like, ugh. This makes me mad because the movie was good, uh-huh. but a current... Like, if you haven't watched all the movies that are in the category, don't fucking vote. I mean, if you... At least don't vote for a movie you haven't seen. Like, someone said that they voted for 12 Years a Slave, but hadn't seen 12 Years a Slave. And we're just like, well, it's probably good. And, like, voted for it. Or, you know, they had somebody who was out there campaigning for it to win, and they just... It's like, all right, well, they gave me the best deal. Either way. So the young voters had to go and make them watch it mm-hmm. and make them realize, well, even if you don't like the racist tone of it, you have to see that this script and this original story is beautifully done. Yeah. And, you know, so that's how he got his Oscar for best original screenplay. Exactly. Okay. But another, I was going to say, thing, I know it was not, it was nominated for a few it was Oscars. For about best picture, best. But it only won one. It's a screaming. I remember being upset about that. But it still broke a record, Fuckers. which I think is awful. Uh-huh. Um, so them convincing them to vote for it helped. Um, I think about a year before this that year, they had opened up the door to about 500 new voters. So That's a lot. Yeah, and... They said that a huge majority of them were women because obviously the Oscar committee is 75% male. So they added more women. And out of those 
group of those 500 people they added, I think 30% of them were ethnic. So okay. they're adding they're adding us in there. 30%. Slowly, slowly. But th- I believe that those That so means 70% of them were white? I guess so. Uh, wow. White women. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. That's, Either, a, that's a slow that's a start. Turn. That's a start. Though. Is it though? Yeah. It's diluting the males at least. And that was overtaking everything. And the majority of those 75 were like 65 to 75 uh-huh. years old. So anyway, so I believe that those young new Oscar voters are the reasons why Get Out has this Oscar, which I'm so for. But in reading this article, it reminded me of another movie that we already talked about, Girls Trip. Yeah. And Jada had said that, you know, she couldn't understand how Tiffany Haddish wasn't being recognized for her talent because she was the funniest and best thing that was on screen of that year, which I personally agree. Um, And she said that, it was critically, how much more does the movie have to be critically acclaimed and how much more people have to like watch it before we simply get a screening to be seen. And that happened in the same year, 2017. So it's a battle we're still fighting where we make these great movies. And even if Girls Trip is not, you know, a drama or, uh-huh. you know, a bio, doesn't mean that it's not a good movie and it wasn't done well just because yeah, get absolutely. out is a horror thriller suspense does not mean that it's not a good movie just because it's mm-hmm. not your idea of what we had the same argument last year about crazy rich asians it was a great yeah. fucking movie it didn't get a single nomination because it's a romantic comedy yeah it was incredible done incredibly Me well and Smash we're talking about that today and i was like if anything it deserved at least best uh set design, set design. Costumes at the very or best on. ensemble. Ensemble. It was just, it was beautiful, beautifully done, and we snubbed. Get, we get snubbed for that shit. So yeah, absolutely, Chris Rock uh, said it best. He what did he say? He said, uh, "Hollywood isn't exactly racist. You're just not in the club. It's exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, so our movies get looked down upon, and mm-hmm. they don't." make it in there get out is also one of the only horror movies to be nominated for an oscar best picture oscar mm. it's like silence of the lambs and and Dawn of the dead it's good to Day see you again i can't remember <laughs> yeah but all right well let's dive into this movie because we're already it. like seven hours in bum, bum, bum. my shirt is falling apart because i'm Robin's ass. Quit acting like you don't like it. I don't like it. Bitch, I know somebody who likes it. <laughs> Her name is Smashley. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. I know somebody like it. <laughs> Thank you, Smashley, for that. She aerated. So if y'all hear noises in the background, it's Smashley working away. She's working hard on her day off on other stuff. Yep. So, Mr. Jordan Peele. We love you. We appreciate you. Keep doing you. He has done two movies with Blumhouse. Apparently, he's got two more, and neither one of them has been announced. Can I tell you something? I know you don't really like care for scary movies, but Blumhouse is really good for those. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know They're they really are. really good for those. I so did. that's like a perfect harmony. Like, 
for we did them. the uh blumhouse maze at oh, we did. Uh, last, universal last year we did shit are we going back again this year i'm going on a no? halloween oh damn smashly said no i'm going on halloween so cool that'll be Why? fun yeah so we gotta do this show early yeah, well, <laughs> huh you see what you started oh that made me fine i'm not hiding you under my jacket this year you're gonna have to walk in there you know what we're gonna do we're gonna go through the maze and I'm gonna push Smashly in, and then I'm gonna go like ten people back. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not because she's just gonna grab onto me. <laughs> no, you gotta hide. You oh, gotta okay, hide okay. Too. All right, sorry, Smash. <laughs> he told me. Can okay. I give you a fun fact real quick before you start? Uh, yes. This movie was filmed in 23 days. Okay. Damn. That was it. That's pretty quick. Yep. That's very quick. It's not that. I mean, it's one. It's one technically location. Do they film with the exception of a few snippets, like the detective's office, the airport, Rod's so apartment? Is the interior really the, the interior of the ulterior house? Is yeah. that like a real house? Isn't I that would that? assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Blumhouse. I will say that Blumhouse does them for cheap and makes a boatload of money. Oh yeah. They pay their crew cheap. Yeah, they don't. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're not known for the best working conditions okay. or the best wages you might say but they give a lot of people a start so i understand yeah yeah for sure um last thing i'll say about mr jordan peele is he is doing he is acting Ooh. he's doing a movie called abruptio it is filming right now what is that it is a horror movie yes. and guess who he's working with i don't know robert england Ooh. yeah freddie motherfucking krueger Oh. oh no! Are they like these worlds connected? Oh wait, did he write this? No, no, thing? no. He's not uh, directing this. He's not producing it. He's just acting in it. And he didn't write it. He did not write it. Okay, not well, that I know, I don't of, know. No, because I feel like Get Out and Us are connected in the same universe. Uh, are you the one that told me that he's like trying to create his own universe? Sort I of thing? heard that, and I feel like he is, but you never know. I think I the next movie. I feel like the he's next smart movie enough would. To do uh, so make it we'll see we'll see what he comes up with next and i'll be there first day just like i've always been mm -hmm. and he's also the narrator for the new twilight zone oh duh he is and he writes he's writing producing for that as well not just the narrator so oh okay i get you. to get his twisted mind on some one of my favorite old-timey shows okay mm -mm -mm. i got you okay so let's dive into this cast Starting with none other than Miss Erica Alec. <laughs> no? She not in this? She not in this one. Okay. No. Another girl with dreads. Erica Alexander. Which one is Erica? Maxine motherfucking Shaw. Oh, We're just going to oh. give her a shout out real quick. Attorney at motherfucking law. <laughs> is Maxine Shaw. <laughs> she was... Okay. I... Yeah, like can I just don't get me wrong. I got excited as hell to see her. Me too. But but then I was like, bitch. They didn't. She didn't do a whole lot. She was funny though. <laughs> <laughs> she got him. Don't say that I don't do nothing don't for y'all. Don't say that I don't do nothing for y'all. They were laughing. <laughs> and don't ever ever say that I don't do nothing for you. <laughs> oh, white girl. Oh, they get you every time. Okay, yeah, he's coming to you with some random shit, but he's showing you a picture of somebody who's been missing from like six months. Okay, yeah. 
That's something that should be taken seriously. Yeah, that's not... Because as a cop, you have to go and make sure that this person is alive, they're not being drugged or held against her, and then they're no longer missing. If you go see them and they're like, bitch, I'm cool. You're like, oh, okay. And at the same time, she's tripping off of him because he's so fucking... TSA gung ho, and he's like, We got the you know, same training as y'all. We, pretty we much might know, know more. We might know more. You, you know, know that we deal with, deal with terrorists and shit. <laughs> She's like, Fuck Really? You, Motherfucker? You can't I'm even a shoot detective. A you gonna say that shit in my office? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She. Yeah. I, I didn't like the way they handled it, but it was good to see her. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see And you can see her more on Hulu's new Wu Tang and American Saga. <laughs> woo, tang, woo, tang. I can bring the pain. All right, well, she plays. I've a heard it was good. Character named Linda Dix. I haven't watched it yet. Maxine Shaw. Maxine Shaw. She's always gonna be Maxine Shaw. Attorney at law. Forever. Forever. For those of you who don't know, what we're talking about. We're talking about living single. We are living single. Ooh, in a nineties kind of world. I'm glad I got my girls. Keep your head up. What? Keep, Keep your head, head up. up. That's right. All right, all right, all right. All right. I'm sorry. You know how we get you guys on the show. We start drinking, we start singing. Yeah. So that's a little bit on Maxine Shaw. Turn that's a little bit on Maxine Shaw. Zenobia's already getting excited because I flipped the page and her boyfriend is on the, the screen. Good. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Because I don't really know much. About Lakeith? Yeah. Lakeith Stanfield. My dude. And look at the picture. He straight up oh, looks dude. like he looks like Malcolm a, X right there. He looks like a sexy 70s man. Like, mm-hmm. damn Gina. In the leather and white shit. He could have played Young Shaft, but he's too cool. He couldn't play the nerdy he's type. goddamn cool. Dude. He, he can... Have the duty of pleasing this booty anytime he wants. He's just so cute. He plays Snoop Dogg and Straight Outta Camp. Yes, he does. Don't sleep on the skinny brothers. Uh, he's also in uh, uh, Atlanta. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, my dude, he's a hell of an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very impressive actor. I feel like he just came out of nowhere? He did, to a certain degree. Like, he started acting way back when. Uh, you know what I will say is this movie is um, a testament to the old saying that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. Because there's a number of actors in this movie specifically that you have never heard of, and then all of a sudden they do this movie and everybody knows their name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Lakeith is one of those actors. I wish he was some Keith, and I'd put him on my blood, because he's just so fine. <laughs> I love him. So, uh, he started acting way back when, started doing, like, short films in, like, 2008. Got technically, you might call it his big break, or the first big movie that he did, The Purge. Wait. Anarchy. Oh, okay. I was like, and it's not even like he had a big role. Like he had a non-speaking role. He was like the one of the young. I think he was one of the guys on the skateboard with like the ghoulish faces. Mm. You know what I mean? But he was in that movie. Okay. You know what I mean? That's technically like a featured extra. Uh, afterwards, he did Dope. Yes. In 2015. One of my so faves. I love. If that. anything, that was his first big thing. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was in Selma before that. Okay. So that was his big thing, which he played Jimmy Lee Jackson. And from then on, 
from that little bit of uh, momentum, he just has been building and building and building. Like yeah. I watched him play opposite of Joseph Gordon-Levitt recently in that movie Snowden, that hacker movie. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, he was in that one as well. Um, and he is working on a new movie. Knife Club. Oh, no. Jesus was my homeboy. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a new I've seen movie. t-shirts like that. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's a movie. And there's somebody else in this cast that is also in it. And I'll tell you later. Okay. But there is a movie called Knife Club or Knife Out or something. Knife Out. Knife he was Out. In Knife That's out. what it is. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that one mm-hmm. recently, and it looks pretty good. It has a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's been doing Atlanta for the last three years as well. That's what I said. Did you? I said I love him in Atlanta. I'm drunk. I don't remember. Yeah, that. with uh, Childish Gambino, yeah, the singer my dude. of Redbone in this movie. That's who sings it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's his song. Donald Glover. Sexy ass. Yeah, I'm, he's probably my name favorite. Donald. I'm going to call him Donald. I'm going to He, uh... Keith is like my favorite character in that show because he's just such a like lovable, is he like stoner good friend? He has. Like, I've seen a couple episodes. He has some episodes where you're like, what the like? Some the second season was a little darker than the first season. Okay, but it was pretty. It was good. How- Even Cat Williams was on there for an episode. No shit. Yeah, his episode was probably one of the best ones of that season. It was weird. Love it. <laughs> I haven't seen Cat in a while. Yeah, is it worth diving into? The show? Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta? Yeah. All right, I'm going to give it a shot. It's well done. I'm, I'm looking for a new show right now. Well, yeah, watch it. First season, absolutely really good. Second season, people have their ifs about it, but I liked it. Okay. thought it was, it was creepy weird. I liked There's it. There's a couple shows that I need to uh, look into. That might be one of them. Uh, Snowfall is another one. Black actors. Black actors. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. He's like give it back, Wayne. Sweet ass fucking... Stoner, he's so cute. I love him, and I'm excited to see more about him. We'll definitely have a movie with him in it more than he is in this. Yeah, Lakeith, keep, keep yeah. doing your thing, man. Keep doing your You're killing it, and these ladies love you. So I haven't had much desire to leave the house in a while. <laughs> this lady loves you. Hey. <laughs> Wait, can I ask you a question? Hey. So in the beginning, where he's like walking down the street and he's talking to, dude, I love him. Allison, right? Is that, nope, not is that today. Is not today. Nope, I'm going to go to the other way. He's not stupid. Not today. Not me. You know how they like to do motherfuckers out here, man. I'm gone. He's like, oh, man, come on, man. I mean, he is because, you know, he black man in the suburbs. So is the person, do you think the person that grabbed him is the brother? Yes. Or the grandfather? No. Because the grandfather, the songs that they play in the car is old timey. True. I don't know. But also, the song that he plays on the violin is kind of old-timey. Okay. And Jordan Peele told him to play anything. Right, right. It wasn't specific, even though Reddit and all that stuff thinks that it was. Uh, It wasn't a specific song when he's strumming the violin. Okay. I don't think that it was the grandfather. However, don't quote me on that. It could be because he's a huge-ass dude. And he quick. (laughs) He is a big-ass dude. He could take Uh, over the brother any day. I mean, Marcus Henderson is the next person that we were talking about. All right. Uh, I'd have to rewatch the movie for the sixth time because, unfortunately, I wasn't paying attention to that part. You can't really see him. 
and like but you can tell the difference in body frame okay you know because so quick yeah because the brother is he's like lanky lanky and skinny Mm -hmm. but he's also a mixed martial artist Mm -hmm. whereas the grandfather is a runner He's a solid black he's dude. He's a yeah. <laughs> if he's a runner, he's a fucking linebacker. Yeah, he's about the he's a freight train. Yeah, absolutely. So Marcus Henderson, my dude, plays Walter, aka Grandpa. Get him, Grandpa. And damn, he freaks me out. I mean, he was the thing that freaked me out probably the most in the trailer yeah. because he, you just see him running at a distance in the dark and he gets so close and then he just, and then just turns. Makes a beeline. Yeah, absolutely. I, he wouldn't have got that close to me because I would have started running way before that. Yeah. <laughs> and a little insight into the movie. So apparently what he is doing because you know how they were talking about how his grandfather was a runner and how he lost to Jesse Owens. Yeah. Apparently, he's running at night to try and beat Jesse's time. I, mean, I figured that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, you know, after you watch it a bunch of times, you know that he is grandpa. Like, yeah, he's just getting his work on. Yeah. And they also his... cut a line from later on in the movie when he tackles Chris. Apparently, they cut the line of grandpa saying, uh, I finally beat you jesse or something like that i finally caught you jesse or something like that jesse or some shit like that yeah uh which was a good uh, it was i think it was a good choice to cut that line because it doesn't exactly work it makes the grandfather sound just a little bit crazy and senile which he already does but i mean you could be crazy and senile because all they're replacing is their brains yeah so him being crazy and senile would have nothing to do with his body. And that could show that he's mentally older than what his physically body body is. True. But uh, his word usage gives that suggestion as well. Like, like, he could have been like, gotcha, nigga. And he, just, <laughs> <laughs> he just runs. Uh, you know when... Uh, he first has his encounter with Chris uh, when he's uh, chopping wood on that block. Yeah. That part freaks me out. Like, I feel like you would try better to be a better black person to convince other black people that they're okay. I mean, <laughs> they don't really have practice because they stay in this community. That's true. You know? And if they got you, YouTube. If you rewatch it and you watch it as picturing him as an old grandfather of this young white girl it makes a lot more sense he's are he's still like pushing the boundaries with stuff like the way that he talks about his granddaughter one of a kind top of the line a real doggone keeper <laughs> chris is walking up to him like you know what's up bro yeah exactly only other black man within you know a hundred miles and he Starts saying, like, man, they're working you hard out here, Anthony. He's trying to, like, find a common ground with him. And immediately, like, he gives him this, like, thousand-yard stare. But then he smiles. And it's like, nothing that I wouldn't already enjoy doing. Or whatever he says. You're like, you like chopping wood for white people? Yeah, in exactly. The, in the woods? <laughs> I mean, okay. And he's this big, imposing guy. Yeah. And then he has this calm lighthearted voice and still has the crazy eyes 
See? Nothing I would not rather be doing. It is true, people, uh, black people do give each other nods when we see each other because mm-hmm. we just got to be like, hey, there's another We're in one. this together. We're in this together. Something goes missing. Both of us are on the chopping block. Let's just keep an eye out, uh-huh. you know? And like where he does go to the black guy, our sexy dude. And it's like, oh, it's good to see another brother here. Yeah. Oh. You feel more comfortable. It's like, shit, at least I'm not alone in this shit. Yeah. Because when you are alone, it's like, they can do anything. They can do anything. More so, it's like you don't have anything to hold on to. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> I, when I'm in those situations, I literally want to find a corner. Because if I'm in a corner, nothing's behind me and I can just watch everybody. Okay. You know what I mean? That's just kind of like if I'm at a, let's say I'm at a rap party with Ashley and she's working on the most pretentious show in Hollywood or whatever. If there's nobody that I can find a common ground with or associate with, I want to sit on a couch that's up against the wall and I'm going to sit in the corner seat. That's just me. Well, when I see you, I'll be like, you okay, bruh? Fuck you no. In the Come here, man. <laughs> Shit. You want me to How sit you with you? Damn, thank you, God. You look lonely. <laughs> Dude. I'm, and she's a social butterfly. She meets and talks to everybody, and she loves it, and she enjoys it. And I try to do the best I can in those situations. Uh, but at the same time, all I really want to do is just sit there and talk to one person that I can find a common interest with. All I want to do is have a good drink. Have a good something to snack yeah. on and at least one good conversation. Like if I'm in those social situations, my stomach is in knots, my hands are oh, bald really? and fists. It's like, ugh, take me back to the ghetto. <laughs> I can talk to anyone about anything. That's fine. I can find a common ground of like physically talking. But to you, you know but... when somebody is sizing you up yeah. and when they know as soon as they size you up, they have no interest in you and they kind of look down on you even though they don't mean to. That's perfect because I'm sizing them up and I don't want to talk to them. But at the same time, <laughs> if you're meeting 50 people just like that, it's like, Dang, what am I doing here? Yeah, Nobody wants me. And I mean, you don't want them either. No. But somehow you ended up in this situation. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, (laughs) what are we talking about? Marcus Henderson. We're talking about Marcus. You got any more about Marcus? Yeah, he got his big break doing Django. Yeah, yeah. So he is... Unleashed. Yes, he is. Unchained, is it? It's unchained, I always say. He breaks my heart in Django. Which one is he? He's the dude when they first introduced Candyland. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, he's the fighter, huh? He's the one that wins the fight. He don't want to do it, but he, he got He don't want to do it, but he's got to kill one of his own. Ugh, yeah. It's fucked up. You see why I think that they should have had him snatching up fools off the street? He's I get huge. It. And you're probably right because that helmet is fucking huge. Yeah. That's like a Magneto helmet. <laughs> Can't see shit. <laughs> I don't know if the younger brother can handle the weight of that helmet. I don't helmet. know. He's like, Ugh, my shoulders, my neck hurts. <laughs> um, so that was his big break was on Django Unchained. Before then, he did a few things, but uh, nothing substantial. Uh, I believe he is a musician as well, though. 
Say what? Yeah, because uh, he is a one of the bassists in Whiplash. Oh, J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a great fucking mu- movie, it mostly because of J.K. Simmons. I'm scared to be a drummer. I'll never drum ever. Not even like my pencil on the. Nope. Sorry. Can't. Was that? Was I early? <laughs> <laughs> Whack. <laughs> But it shows a lot of determination that uh-huh. nothing will stop you. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I give you a fun fact? Give me that fun fact. So Universal Pictures, uh huh, they wanted Jordan to make a sequel to this movie. Wow, because they're all about that money. About that Skrilla. And he said he was open to the idea of doing it because he loves this project, right? Sure. But the only way... And they left way... that bitch alive. Yeah. The only way that there will be a sequel... Is it happens has to be perfect. Oh. Script has to be good. It has to be not even good, but it has to be better than the first one. Which and, is a tall order. And he won't just do a cash grab. So if we happen to Thank God in that the future Jordan see Peele has morals. Yeah. If we happen to see get the hell out or <laughs> I don't get know. The fuck out. Get the fuck out. Then yes, then it has to be good. So keep your eye out for that if that ever happens. What would you name the sequel? GTFO. <laughs> What'd you say? GTFO. GTFO. <laughs> That's a good one. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Get the fuck out. I told you. <laughs> I told you. You didn't tell me shit. <laughs> Y'all get on the fortune. I got, got that goddamn noise. <laughs> Don't slam my door. Yeah. So. so Marcus Henderson has been on Snowfall for the last uh, two or three years. So I really do need to check out this show. Snowfall. John Singleton's last project. May God rest him. Oh, I miss him. Uh, and since we were already talking about him, let's talk about Mr. Caleb Landry Jones. Mm. Sounds like a black man's name. Shit. But he's a lanky white dude. He's a lanky, freckled white dude. Jeremy. But he's a good actor. Yeah. I think he's a really good actor. So as the brother... Two things register in my mind. One, he's alcoholic, obviously. Uh, well, you got to be in this is, kind of job. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the mom is stirring tea in that tea glass. No, it's <laughs> bourbon. Cup. It's bourbon? Ours is. Ours is. <laughs> Shit, it's really good. He, uh, I feel like he has to drink because... That's two cups down. Ooh. I feel like he has to drink because he knows what he's doing is wrong. The weight of what he's doing. But it's family business. Since he was a little kid, he was destined. They sent you to school to be a doctor to do this. Uh-huh. So you got to. I mean, he's more of a nurse, but yeah. Well, yeah, but he says that he's in medical school. So oh, okay. Yeah, he's like, you're yeah. Right. So he is going to school to learn how to do all this. Yeah, you're right. He is. Uh, he's going to take up uh, where the... Well, I mean, eventually the father will transport plant bodies as well yeah but not no more bitch he gonna go into some black body except he has a deer in his gut yeah in his gut and <laughs> his chest and his, his throat chest, his throat antlers all up in all up in his him throat, buddy sorry so, maybe they could save the brain <laughs> <laughs> i doubt it because the sun is dead too Oh, that's true. No one can do it. Caleb died too. And I mean, and the dude, what's his face, who bought Chris, he has to die too because his head is open. Oh, yeah. We'll get to him. (laughs) So Caleb Landry. So uh, something interesting about the brother 
Uh, one, I think that this this family's creepy. Yeah. To begin with, they're very cultish, and I don't know if this is maybe like my rationale, but like when he's talking about his sister, it's almost like he's in love with his sister. Like when he they're at the dinner table, he has such a hatred in his eyes for Chris because he knows that he's with his sister. I feel like he has he, a disdain for his dad. Yeah, that's all those other things I think are different. I think that he hates him because it's easier to destroy something you hate. True. You don't want to have like a common ground with this guy that in two days I'm going to be cutting his fucking head open uh-huh. and killing him. So I that's what I always took it as is that like he's trying to give because Chris is such a nice guy. Uh-huh. He's very polite. And, you know, you would want him to be with your sister because Mm -hmm. he's a photographer and he's, you know, he's cool. So you got to find a reason to hate this guy, Mm -hmm. eat every guy she brings home because I have to do this to all of them every time. Sure. Plus, I think he also gets a kick out of it. And I like it because he's he's the only one in the family that's on the surface not normal. Everyone else on the surface is normal. mm -hmm. They can pass. He can't pass. He can't. Because he cray. He's definitely the dysfunctional brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this love for MMA that's a little bit toxic. And I mean, really train, you know, no pussyfooting around, you'd be a fucking beast. <laughs> but I find it very interesting because uh, as much as he loves jujitsu over judo, uh, he talks about how uh, much jujitsu is uh, a mind game and it's not about muscle which is very true mm-hmm. and how he says that you always have to be two and three steps ahead of your opponent which you absolutely need to be whether it's jujitsu or judo or any other form of martial arts but the thing that chris finally wins over him is he is two to three steps ahead of caleb in their fight yeah so you know how chris is reaching for the door and every time he grabs a hold of the door and opens it, Caleb kicks it back in. Mm-hmm. So the last time that he does that, Caleb kicks it again. And that's where he stabs him in the leg and yeah. finally uh, wins the fight. Because from stabbing him in the leg, then he throws him down and then he, you know, kicks yeah. him in the head and stuff. Uh, he stomped his ass. Let's stomped not say kick. his ass. He stomped his head into the carpet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, can I tell you a fun fact about him? Give me a fun fact about him. So, like you said... I uh, wasn't going to hurt him. I know. Shit. He's like, I got a rule. I don't want to fight with drunk people. He's like, I'm not drunk. Oh, no. He's drunk. Uh, you're past drunk. So, okay. Like you said, he did the... He played the ukulele mm-hmm. on the porch. Is the ukulele or the violin? It's the ukulele. You're probably right. There was no bow, so I'm going oh. to assume. You can strum a violin, can't you? I don't know. Yeah. It shows how much I know about music. I don't yeah, know but shit. it sounded like a ukulele. So I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, it was, huh? Thank you. I know. Damn. I know I know a lot of instruments. I'm She's sorry. She's so mean with her tone, though. I know. You can cut it out if you want. I will not. <laughs> Let the world know how salty she is over there. I'm just showing you. You got my back. She waved it to the camera. Nobody can see your innocent face you're trying to put on, babe. <laughs> I see it and I believe it. So he actually is an accomplished musician. Okay. He's a singer, drummer, guitarist, bassist, 
and a harmonica. Is he Willie Nelson's kid? He might as well goddamn be. <laughs> and uh, he even has made some solo tracks performing every instrument on the track. So he's like a Prince kind of dude. Okay. So he's very talented. And so giving him something creepy to pluck out wasn't, it's wasn't a good, yeah. hard for him to do. No. That's awesome. Because he knows what he's doing. He plays the guitar. I like him. I think he's doing a great job. I've seen him in a number of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in some big blockbuster movies. He's been in great uh, artist movies. Um, what has he done? Just played freaking uh, Banshee in oh, X-Men. X-Men, yeah. Uh, he was in The Social Network. Yep. You know, he's doing his thing. He out there. Yeah. So, Caleb, keep doing you. We hated you in this, but I, that just means that you did a hell of a job. God damn it, I hated you. And of all the actors who always do a hell of a job, Stefan Root. So I'm going to say right now, this man may hold the record for the most credits on his resume that we have ever talked about on this podcast. My dude has 241 credits. He does a lot of voiceover. I don't give a shit. No, so, I'm, I'm not saying that he does Samuel Jackson ain't got nothing on my dude. He does extremely a lot of because he's like, in, you know, King of the Hill and mm-hmm. a couple other shows. He's in like Office Space. That's probably the first thing I remember him like physically seeing him in and not his voice. Really? Oh, no. We've already talked about him. In... Uh, what's that Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart movie that we talked about? Friends Club for Christmas. Shit, what the hell is that movie called? What are you talking about? We we did it With on who? Christmas. Uh Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. Oh, just friends. Just friends. Oh, that's right. He plays the He yeah. plays the producers. But like, the Office Space came out before that. Yes, Office Space. He plays Milton. Yeah, that's Did the first thing I remember him. Stapler? I remember him as Milton. He like Stapler. I remember him in that. I remember him in Just Friends. I remember him in uh Dodgeball. Yeah. If you can dodge a ball, you can dodge a wrench. Yeah, he's part of the average Joes. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's not that I don't know who he is, but the first thing I remember him is Office Space. Oh, I thought his... you said the first thing you remember him is this movie. No, Office okay. Space and hearing his voice on mm-hmm. King of the Hill for a decade. So. Ashley worked with him on Trumbo. Was he sweet? He, well, she didn't really get to interact okay. with him, but on yeah. Trumbo... Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong movie. Different movie. Get it right. Get Different it right. president. Come on. My bad. Get it right. Oh, wait. Trumbo was the uh, writer. Yeah. Brian Cran- Different Brian Cranston movie. <laughs> so Brian Cranston played LBJ, and then he did Trumbo. Okay. Or vice versa. I'm mixing up the movies because they were in the same time. Okay. Shit. I'm not judging, though. You don't got to explain shit to me. What are you still doing here? Go get me lobster. Go. 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 Run. Go, go, go. Run. Daddy want to fish. He was, yeah, he was a dick in <laughs> Just Friends. Do these pants make me look fat? <laughs> no. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Your fat makes you look fat. Not the, not the leather pants he was putting on. Yeah. So, so. in this movie, uh, he plays the blind man. The, art de- the blind art dealer who ultimately wins the rights to Chris's body. He slowly went blind. Yeah. I assume. Yeah, I mean... He had his eyesight at some point, and He's now his assistant describes the paintings in great or the details. photographs in great detail. 
He's like, so the guy's wearing a blue shirt. It's mm. like a polo, but it's not necessarily a polo. And it's mm. got about light blue stripes on it. Sure. And he's wearing, like, they have to do, I mean, like, detailed detail. Very, very detailed. And it's he's got to ask all kinds of intrusive questions about it, you know, mm-hmm. like what, you know, type of. And that means that the assistant has to be incredibly detailed yeah. and knowledgeable and understand everything. They've got to basically share a brain. Yeah. So, or you could just lie. And be like, oh, this is a good ass painting. You should buy this. And it's just like Blake Canvas. <laughs> Can't Lily Aldrin in there. <laughs> um, so he's been working on Barry for the last couple of years. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've only watched a couple episodes of that. Not but... only that. Shit. This fucking guy. Okay. Get Out came out in early 2017. Yeah. He has done 18 projects since then. It's been a year and a half. What the fuck? He stays working, man. He stays working, and he does such a great job. You do. Such a great job. I love this guy. If He can I play can... very weak or powerful, or mm-hmm. he can play, you know, sneaky. He can... He's just, he can play dumb. He, he can, can play, play comedy. He can play yeah. drama. He can play absolutely everything. How many was his credit? 241. God damn it. And he's it. got five in uh, production right now. Samuel Jackson, what are you doing? You know what happened with Samuel Jackson? <laughs> what happened? Marvel. He started doing all these goddamn Marvel movies, and it slowed down his fucking take of hitting these movies <laughs> all the time. <sighs> Pissed. <laughs> well, let's see if uh, Stefan Root had a head start on Samuel Jackson. So Samuel Jackson first started in the 80s, right? Yeah. So let's see when Stefan Root's first project. Oh, 1988, Crocodile Dundee 2. Sorry. Two. Oh, two. the first one. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I like part two. I don't know. I don't remember. That one uh, is the one where the Spanish dude kidnaps the reporter chick and then they go back to Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah. What I'm about? Vaguely. I don't know. Makes I... him take his shirt off and switch and then they think that Mick got shot, but it's actually the other dude. I don't remember. I don't know. I just remember the first one. Right. Maybe I never seen what's he say on uh For How I Met Your Mother? I don't know. You know, like the last thing that Marshall's dad said to him, he was like, check out Crocodile Dial Dundee 3. It totally holds up. Totally holds up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing he said to him. Well, uh, I'm sorry, Samuel Jackson, but you had a couple years head start on Stefan, but at the same time, he white. How about this? I write a bunch of scripts. Samuel Jackson, come, come on through, be in the movie. And, you know, we help both our numbers up. <laughs> no, not going to work. I don't know. Um, so, Stefan Root plays the blind art dealer. I keep thinking you're going to say Groot. Groot. He, mm-hmm. he is Root. Um, <laughs> I think he does a hell of a job. I think he plays a great blind man. Um, and he talks about how he doesn't give a shit what color Chris is, you know, doesn't matter that he's black, even though all of these other guys do want his body because he's black. Some people want to be stronger. Some people want to be cooler. Some people want to be faster. You know, this, he that, the other. He wants his eyes. He wants his point of view. Please don't let me in with that. You know, I could give a shit what, what color you are. No. 
What I want is deeper. I want your eye, man. I want those things you see through. Yeah. Because he's an art dealer. Yeah. You know, and he likes the photographs that Chris takes. Yeah. Or so he thinks, according to his assist- assistant. So when you take your head, like your brain, and you put it in a black body, does your white money come with a black body? Yeah, I don't know. Right? That's something that would I be mean, weird. I mean, that's paperwork stuff, <laughs> I guess, technically. Where are these, there's no missing persons out there for these white people? Or they just like say they died and they bury them? I'm sure they've all figured it out by then. I don't know. I'm just, these are just things that are coming to me. As I'm getting in my sunken place, team. White people are really good at paperwork. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right I now. You see all these businesses sprouting up. I believe. Around here. All these houses getting bought up. <laughs> they can cross the I's and dot them T's. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is what I do on set. I'm sorry. I like plays foreground the camera. Are you seriously <laughs> set dressing? You guys, we got right this. Almost blocking her face. Wow. See, we got great set dressing here. We got a professional. On. I'm not saying that YouTube doesn't appreciate it, but 99% of our audience is audio. They only. can't see us. Yeah. <laughs> they don't watch YouTube. That's all right. But y'all need to watch YouTube because it's funny. I'm wearing a mask right now. People. He is the whole time. I didn't know how long you're going to keep it on, but you're doing it. I, I wore this thing before. Okay. For this masquerade thing. Uh, shout out to Mr. Uh, Brooks Fairley. Yep. For making me this leather mask. What? Did I say it wrong? No, I said this. No, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my mask. I'm not going to thank you for it. So, um, I did find the, what I was talking about, about how this being the fourth uh, horror movie to be nominated. Oh, okay. So it was The Exorcist in 1970, 1973, mm. Jaws in 1975, Silence of the Lambs in 1991, and Sixth Sense in 1999. That? And Black Swan in 2010. So those are the only horror movies that have ever been nominated. I will say that I don't watch horror movies, and I have seen all of those movies. All of them? Therefore, this is a good club for this movie to be in. you seen The Exorcist? I've seen The Exorcist. Okay. All right, that one's a real scary one. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is a little bit on that. Stefan Root, we'll see you in a whole lot of other movies. Keep doing your thing. Apparently, you all over the place. All over the fucking place. He's More than com- Samuel he's Jackson. He's a chameleon of an actor. He is. He's good. And you like, Always enjoy Stefan Root. You see him, but you forget that you saw him because mm-hmm. he's so good. I guess I'm just not an angry person. <laughs> what? Are you angry now? This. Can't beat them. They're too good and you suck something awful. <laughs> we should do that. Only chance we have is if you're getting mad. We need to do that movie. That one's funny. <laughs> so this movie was on the U.S. box office charts for two months. Chilling oh, out yeah? there. Yeah. And that says a lot for movies these days because they don't really stay in theaters as long as you think. Unless they're Disney. Disney keeps theirs in there for about three, four months. Mm. To get their money's worth. So I'm going to blame you right now because I'm feeling drunk, but this drink is really good. It is so fucking good. It tastes like tea. We mm. don't even know that we sitting here fucking and shit up. See, this is why old ladies are tipsy all day long and they just sipping on their tea. Because mm-hmm, they be putting bourbon and shit mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Damn it. She likes some tea. So. <laughs> 
They just say sauce. They're like functionally drunk all day long, and now I see how they do it. That's my shit. That's my dream. Uh. <laughs> Be functionally drunk all day. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's talk about grandma for a second. Since we're talking about old ladies, talk about the old lady of the movie, Miss Betty Gabriel. Betty. Betty Gabriel. Betty. <laughs> Betty Gabriel. Uh, she plays Georgina, okay. who is secretly grandma. grandma. Mm-hmm. And oh my! I God. do like when they introduce her because the line he says is like, you know, my my mom really loved the kitchen, so we like to keep a piece of her uh, here. And then you see huh? her just standing. And you there. see her just standing there, straight up Stepford Wives style. I know, right? And this movie is very. Um, it has a strand of Stepford in it. With yeah. these uh, people that are not really themselves, I'm like not... Walter and Georgina and uh, my dude Andre, mm-hmm. you know, their invasion of the body snatchers, dude. You know, I wonder how they be chilling really when them. they're like, you know, they don't have a black dude in the house. <laughs> yeah, just... how how do they act when it's not that? Well, you see it. You see it slightly when Walter is greeting everybody as they're rolling up in their cars. That's true. Because everybody else knows that Walter is the grandfather. And that that, that and is so his party. he's like shaking hands and he's giving hugs. And they're technically the hosts yeah. of the party, like you said. Yeah. They party. So you see a snippet of it. That's true. Because these rich white guys wouldn't mm-hmm. would not be shaking hands and hugging the help. Mm-hmm. And you also see a snippet of it when uh, Georgina is in the kitchen later on in the movie when Chris finally breaks free of uh, the straps and everything. Mm-hmm. And he makes his way up to the top floor. And she, she's in the kitchen going about her business. Damn, this is completely open now. Hey, you showing, <laughs> showing off titty, y'all. You guys need to uh, sign into our YouTube. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> everything is open. Shit. Yeah. Um. I mean, but her scene is probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. She's just, you could see. Well, both of all of her scenes, she's really yeah. good. But where, you know, you can see grandma is controlling her. Mm-hmm. And you can see her in there trying to help. Because I believe that all the black people, once they know what's going on and they see who is next, they try their very best to because they're still part of these there's, people. They're the, yeah. The, they're they're stuck in the the sunken place. Like sunken I said, place. they're they're a passenger. They're watching everything, and they can hardly do anything about it. In the distant future of like a TV, it looks like floating in nothing as you're watching your body do shit. Mm-hmm. Do you get to fill everything? So like when you're boning, do you get to fill that, or are you just in there? I wouldn't want to. I mean, that at least would be a perk. Would it though? Like Andre's boning this like thirty years older than him white lady, you know. Yeah, well. As a young, vibrant man, like it's either he's that like, or nothing. I mean, but he's like mid twenties. I'm take nothing. You gonna take nothing forever? I mean, as a twenty, late twenties, early thirties man uh, that Andre is. And he's bonus like seventy year old lady. I don't want to be pushing the cr- wrinkles to the side and stuff. Dang, she didn't look that old. I don't remember, but you know, <laughs> pushing the wrinkles to the side. I mean, come on, 
Okay. That stuff has to come with age. I get that. You know what I mean? I get it. If I don't, if I'm not wrinkly yet, I don't want wrinkles. Um, I mean, I don't no. want a white person in my body. First off, first but and foremost, if they're in there and they're boning, I mean, at least I should be able to feel some sensation so that I feel like you know. I can look forward to that. Even if it is a wrinkly old lady. I'll take a wrinkly old lady. I guess. Or nothing? Nothing. All right, nothing. Nothing. Okay. I'm going to be like fucking... uh, Save your energy to break through. Exactly. I'm going to be like Marcus. Marcus is Marcus for 45 seconds. And in those 45 seconds, he shoots his granddaughter and then shoots himself. Yeah. Shit. That'd probably be me. I do that. Like... Cause, so is that I before or after the boning the the old lady? <laughs> I didn't touch the old lady. Shit, I got somebody else's brain attached to my brain up here, and ninety nine percent of the time they're in control. For that one percent, I'm gonna take their asses out. Oh hell yeah! I don't want to go back. Oh no, no 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 no. That's no, like no, no, solitary no. confinement for life. No no no. Like you seen Denzel in the hurricane when they stick yeah. him down in the hole for like uh, six months straight. He was he like goes forever, crazy, man. Splits his brain into three people. Yeah, he's having conversations. Imagine that for your entire life. I read an article about a guy who was stranded at sea for like almost a year in like a little boat, and he said that he had to split his brain up into two different people, like the captain and the first mate. No shit. Yeah. And they would argue with each other because you would just kind of go insane. Talking to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that lately. Like, my jobs nowadays don't require me to talk to a lot of people. Mm. And you get a little bit, like, even though I'm out and about and I'm doing things and I'm outside, it's kind of like cabin fever. You don't get to interact with people yeah. like you should. Yeah. And that fucks with the human brain a little bit. Captain and first mate, man. So just, you know, take notice of Yeah, take people. stock on that shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you get tired of these customers that you're helping and shit, keep in mind that if they weren't there, you'd go a little crazy. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, exactly. Except the bitch you want to take whatever. So Betty Gabriel, the reason why she's so good is because, uh, well, I mean, she was born in D.C., she went to school at Iowa State University, mm-hmm. and uh, she got her bachelor's in, um, she loves animals. Aww. So she got her bachelor's in animal science and pre-vet. She a vet? Yes. She a pre-vet? Yes. However, uh, she moved to Chicago to become a dancer, and so she was a dancer and an actress for uh, a number a certain amount of time. Before she realized that she wanted to further her schooling. And so she went to Juilliard. Oh. So she is a Juilliard graduate. She just happened to go to Juilliard. She Uh was like, "Mm, maybe I should try this acting thing. Exactly. (laughs) So she studied and graduated from Juilliard before doing this movie. Great. So when you watch her and you see her playing this character and then she's like shedding these tears at the same time as a split character is because she studied for many, many, many years and she put in the work. No, 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 no. I do something. That's not my experience. Not at all. The Armitages are so good to us. 
that put in that work. most actors are not willing to put in, and that is why she did such a great job and why they hired her. And why we should see more of her. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood Close Encounter, Ashley actually got to work with Miss Betty on a little-known but also majorly known TV show for Amazon called Good Girls Revolt. Yeah. She played Denise. She was the first black woman hired at, what was the name of the USA Today? Newsweek. Newsweek Today. Newsweek Magazine. Newsweek Magazine. (laughs) She's going to correct me a fourth time. Newsweek Magazine. Newsweek Magazine. Gotcha. Uh, So she plays Denise. She's the first black woman to be hired for this company. It is predominantly run by white males. Oh, go figure. And yeah, starts off in 1969, I believe, right after the concert at Altamont. Oh, uh When the Hells Angels got into some shit. That's why you don't hire them as security. You don't hire them as security. <laughs> exactly. That is the inciting incident to the entire show. Yeah. Oh. And it was a great fucking show. We've talked about it before yeah. and how it did not deserve to be canceled. But either way, she played Denise and she did a hell of a job in that just like she did in this movie. Yeah. Play, she. I, I really truly believed her as a old white woman. Yeah, she was good at being like... Mm-hmm. Like, even when she's having her conversation with Chris in the room and they're talking about the phone and stuff, like, he's I like, I wasn't, to... like, trying to snitch on you. Like, snitch? Rat. Oh. Tattletale. Oh, that's... Of course, oh, there, of course. Don't worry. There was no funny business. You're like, lady... Oh, shit. What black lady are you? Because you ain't one. Mm-hmm. That's what I was said. Yeah. Like, there's some red flags where it's like, Chris, you're supposed to be a smart dude. Get out, motherfucker. This movie stopped black men from doing a lot of things. Uh-huh. Drinking tea and dating white women were the two things that on them. kind of stopped Dude. after this movie. I'm so glad that we're talking about this movie. And at the same time, it's like throwing up my spidey senses to a degree. Like I was walking Robin this morning and no disrespect to our neighbors, but I seen... This hipster white girl outside, and I didn't know what the hell she was doing, but she was like walking in the middle of the street and like looking left and looking right, like she was looking for her Uber or something. But I know damn well this bitch drives a Mini Cooper. Oh, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm about to be in the get out situation. Get this bitch away from me. I don't You're want You're all it. scared of it. I was scared. I thought someone was going to throw I you was, into a car. She looked exactly like the girl in this movie. <laughs> Gotta watch out for them. Absolutely. Especially if they're drinking tea. You better run. Shit. You better run. I mean, the mom drinks the tea. You don't think that the daughter be drinking sheep? That's her she next She drinks thing. skim milk with her Fruit Loops. Yeah. I mean, I eat Fruit Loops without milk, so I get it. But you don't drink skim milk out of a straw no. right next to it. No, that is weird. It's a little bit weird. It's like a D. As you've got your white creepy shirt buttoned all the way up to the very top neck button and your hair in a ponytail listening to freaking dirty dancing uh, soundtrack while you're looking for your next victim the time <laughs> she's like yeah let me look up the next you know basketball player that's coming out of college so i can get on this fool mm-hmm. get his body 
looking like a Lamar Odoms on the freaking Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Uh, so Betty Gabriel did a fantastic she job. Did. Uh, I'm looking forward to some more stuff from her. Uh, I did see uh, the Purge election year, and she did a hell of a job in that one as well. I like the Purges. You like the Purge? I like the Purges. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched the TV show, but I like the Purges. There's a TV show? Yeah. Okay. There's a new TV show. What's it on? I don't know. If it's not FX or AMC, I kind of don't want to. I don't know. I haven't messed with it. Okay. But uh, she had an arc on Westworld last year as well. Mm, and I'm now behind, but it's a good show. she's doing a show called Defending Jacob. I don't know what that is, but uh, she's in, looks like, every episode. And she plays a character named Paula Duffy. So, Betty, keep doing you because we love you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The fuck are you laughing at? As you soon creepy, as I crazy? see this dude's face, it makes me laugh. You creepy crazy. Oh. <laughs> now you know why. Yeah. Bradley Whitford is our next actor that we're going to talk about. And this motherfucker. <laughs> I always think of him from Billy Madison. That's what I think of him. That's the first thing I can remember him in. First thing I ever saw him in was Billy Madison. He plays Eric. <laughs> and he's such a fucking douchebag. Trying to take over the company. Eric! You're going to give the company to Eric? He is a bad, bad man. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's fucking with Adam Sandler from the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah, he's about good Billy? I'm doing you a favor. You don't ever have to look for a job. Ever. And you can sit around here... Look at Looking at Jack Off magazine. Oh, Jack Off magazine. Chasing invisible penguins. Is that it, you Dad? Wanna go Did the penguin tell you to do this? <laughs> but you won't let it, will you, <laughs> penguin? He really is a douchebag. He is. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Hollywood close encounter. <laughs> you met Bradley? I have. What? Uh, I was an extra on Other People, this movie, indie movie that he was in, and I actually sat in the pew in front of him. It was like a church, Easter Sunday church scene. You sat in the... Pew. 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 Yeah, that's that's a word that I don't know. A pew. Church pew? A pew. You, like a Lord, pew. your... You haven't been to church in so long, your soul is about to burn because you don't even know a fucking pew. A church pew? Just a wooden bench? Okay. Pew, 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 pew. I think of two things. Yeah, phaser <laughs> guns and somebody farted. <laughs> pew. Pew, motherfucker. <laughs> Whatever, but I sat in front of him. And I believe in science. Quite funny. <laughs> like nice. freaking natural, the dude from Nacho Libre. I believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Scientology. Don't go chasing after me. You can come for me. I'm ready. Fuck no, I don't want to know. I know my know. shit. I don't want to take them tests. They don't want to. They don't fucks with black people. It's fine. Mm-mm. Yes, they do. We ain't got enough money. I've seen them on the corner. Well, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> Said every Scientologist ever. <laughs> yeah, but they believe the shit. I don't believe the shit. I, the only shit I believe is that they're stealing money. You know what the difference is between a cult and a religion? The leader of a cult dies, and then it becomes a religion. Dead serious. 
Yeah, well, I mean, yes, for the Scientology. Yeah, that did happen. L. Ron Hubbard died, <laughs> and Scientology became a religion. And now we're fighting to get it not to be a religion because mm. these bitches have billions of dollars and are not paying taxes. Mm. Don't want to talk about it, but. Don't get me started. All right. So, Bradley Whitford, eh? Hey. You met him. Yeah. Here, I'll show you a picture. How is he? Is he, he a nice, nice guy? He was nice. He just plays a dirtbag. Yeah. But he plays like that glad handing dirtbag. I mean, you know I mean, he's not the... He's the he's the shake your hand and stab you in the back character. Yeah. A lot of times. And stab you in the back. Um, he has a very uh, white collar look to him, which is probably why he spent so many years on uh, the West Wing. Yeah. He did like seven years on West Wing. Played uh, Josh Lyman. What is this? Yeah. Oh, look at you with your fancy hat. I did. It was Easter, girl. It was Easter. It had to be it was cute. An Easter episode. I didn't make it into it, but I was I was there. My essence is there. Okay, I got you. But yeah. He's a great character actor. Like you said, he's in West I almost said West Wing. World. No, I West almost World. said West World. Not West World. He was in West Wing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that wasn't my show, but I didn't know he was on there. Mm-hmm. He's in another movie, movie that we're going to talk about next week. Yes. <laughs> so therefore, I'm not going to say shit else about it. <laughs> but that is a hint, though, because it's a Halloween to movie. to next week's movie, people. Yeah. So <laughs> Bradley Whitford is also in our movie for next week, mm-hmm. and therefore we're not going to talk about him next week because we're talking about him this week because this is a- I don't know, unless I find something cool that he did let Unless, Next week. I mean, we're drunk right now, so maybe we're going to miss something. Yeah. I'm very... You feeling yourself? I'm feeling good. Yeah. All right. I don't have any uh, fun facts about him because I figured we were going to do him next week, so... Well, I will say that he's also Juilliard trained. Mm. Juilliard <laughs> pumps out some great fucking actors. That's why it's called Can't Juilliard. Nothing. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. It came out of my mouth as I said it. I was like, what the fuck are you saying, bitch? <laughs> She's throwing dirt out there. I don't know what this tea, man. I'm in some sucking ass place. This tea is fucking with you. It's really good. It's because it doesn't taste like alcohol. It does not taste like alcohol. I had three cups, and I feel I don't feel fine, but it tastes really good, and I don't taste the alcohol. <laughs> it's that amaretto, yo. Mm. Covers all that shit. Take That's it. what it is. The amaretto. Mm-hmm. That shit'll creep you up. Uh, <laughs> it'll creep you up. It'll creep Smashly, you up. Damn it! You, I was hoping you guys wouldn't catch that. Especially, <laughs> are you not feeling it? No. She's working over there. She's doing other stuff. Oh, it's because she's standing. It's circulating through her body. Uh huh. I don't know. That that might be why. I'm struggling just keeping let's, my words in order. Let's, let's get this done. I think I think we need to finish this. Catherine. Show. Catherine Keener, okay. So something I will say is that Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener have both worked on a movie before this that is similar, uh, being John Malkovich. Yes. And how do you feel about that movie? Um not really my genre. I like it. Do you? I love Cameron Diaz in it and obviously John Malkovich of like having to play different characters. Being him mm-hmm. and play himself, realizing that other people are him. It's just very weird. John Cusack. Everybody everybody in the movie fucking looks weird. Okay. I love it. It's just cool. 
It's a cool movie. Great concept. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great fucking movie. Uh, just not really my, well, genre. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't associate with it as well. Uh, I will say that Catherine Keener was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting in that movie. Okay. That and Capote. And this? In which case, uh, that's where Philip Seymour Hoffman won his Oscar. It was. I like Capote. That was good. Capote was a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you like uh, some some a true artist's movie, go check out Capote. Yeah. Um, however, first thing I saw her in, 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's the first thing I can really remember. Yeah, which is not to say that she hasn't been churning out movies forever. Yeah. However, I didn't see John Malkovich until recently. Oh, really? John Malkovich came out in 99. Yeah, I just didn't get around to it. He used to be on HBO, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but I loved her in 40-Year-Old Virgin. I was like, oh, this woman is about to blow the fuck up. Little did I know if she's been acting for the last, you know, 30 years she before. She blow the fuck up. <laughs> but I love her as uh, Trish playing uh, the mom to, uh, what's that girl's name? Oh my God, I just. Damn it. Two broke girls. Freaking I just said her name. Charlie Bartlett. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I love her. Oh, she's yeah, great. That was a good one. She was even in the first Thor. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. I can't. Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings. I literally was just talking to Smash about her. Mm-hmm. I think they really did it. I would have loved to have seen a sitcom based on those two as the mom and the daughter. Oh, instead of Two Broke Girls? Is that what you're talking about? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I don't watch bro- Two Broke Girls. But like, imagine um, Kat Dennings and Catherine Keener in a TV show of a mom and a daughter. Mm-hmm. I think I would watch the shit out of that kind of show. I love her. Producers, hello. Pay attention. I can be the fun friend. Um, I will say she's aging really beautifully. Mm-hmm. She's a very attractive woman. Uh, in this movie, she's a very scary woman. <laughs> uh, she comes off as that old uh, hippie lady yeah. who probably smokes weed every now and then, takes a sip of wine with her dinner every night she bourbon she's in got her, her own painting tea. room sort of thing <laughs> yeah but she's also a psychiatrist and that's how she pays the bills mm-hmm. she wears sandals she and... wears sandals and walks in the sand barefoot all the time she has jewelry made out of hemp chances are she doesn't shave her pits <laughs> you know that's but hot. she's a cool cool lady yeah um it just happens to be that she is a little cultish just a lot <laughs> just a lot <laughs> now sink into the floor bit wait 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 sink you're like oh, what the fuck man? how did you like her in this movie i liked her in this movie i was very very excited like did you watch this in the theater yes okay me too so it's the best way to watch this one it's the best way to watch a movie like crowd this. reactions are really mm-hmm. cool and this is one of the few horror movies where you can actually cheer because when chris Finally gets free and he starts killing these motherfuckers one by one. She was about to reach for that teacup. She that teacup like, and he slaps it away and he's like, oh, bitch. You done fucked up now, motherfucker. Ultimately, like he looks at her like 
this is your motherfucking fault. It like, is. I know everybody else had a hand in this, but, you but you're the head. motherfucking ringleader. You're the one that put me in that sunken you're place. You're the one who figured out about the sunken place mm-hmm. and how to put me there forever. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm out. Like, she has that power. It's just like... <laughs> and you face plant on the floor. Oh, shit. Is he hurt? Did you see him drop? Yes, I did. Jeremy, grab his legs. Please take him downstairs, Dean. Help him. I do have a fun fact about her. It has nothing to do with this movie. It's just her life. Okay. Do you know who her ex-husband was? No. Sting. No? I just threw a name out there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Dermont. What's his name? Dermont. From fucking... uh, My Best Friend's Wedding... And we, oh, we talked about him. Oh, in, my dude in, from uh, Young Guns. We talked about him in Family Stone. Yes, we did. That's her uh, husband. No. Ex-husband. Ex-husband. And they got a kid. Dermot Mulroney. Mulroney. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Did not know that one. Didn't didn't see that one coming, did you? No, no, definitely did not. Um. Yeah, that's all I got on Catherine Keener. Mostly get... because I'm drunk off my ass right now. All right, well, let me give you a fun fact while you're drunk. I can't hear you. Is that her 40-year-old version? Yeah. We just talked about that. Yeah. That hurt. Catherine, get the fuck out of my room. God. You oh, won't let me have sex, but you can. You have sex in my room. And I can't. She sounds so like unfair. a <laughs> All teenage girls. Dude. Can I give you a fun fact? Teach me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the boyfriend. It's all on his toes. Like, right? He's got this big ass fucking condom. I am Aquaman. I'd be pissed. I'm like, you're just going through with condoms? Dang, How free. many times did you guys do it? Ew. So here's a fun fact. Give me that fun fact. Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. He was so impressed by this movie that he bought out several theaters in Chicago and gave away free tickets to this movie so people could see it. Nice. Yeah, he loved it. He I was like, like, peeps. I like Chance the Rapper. Me too. So thank you, Chance, for making people watch this. Mm. Because you are so awesome. It's time to talk about the uh, top three, you might say. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Ready to talk about my dude? Top flight security? Top flight security. Of the Little world, Rel Craig. Howry. <laughs> the world, Craig. <laughs> Little Rel. This uh, helped blow him up. Yes, it did. Like I was saying earlier, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. This movie was probably Little Rel's overnight success. Yeah. And from here, he has springboarded to many, many projects. He has become a lot of people's favorite part of this movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He is the voice of reason. Yeah. As funny as his ass is, he makes a lot of sense. Well, All I'm doing is connecting the dots. He connected the dots. And if it wasn't for the sex slave, he was spot on pretty much. Minus uh-huh. like, Other than the sex slave part, he's absolutely he's right. He's pretty correct. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. dang, you close, dude. You close. <laughs> Little Rel, he ad-libbed the majority of his funny lines in this movie. Okay. So Jordan just kind of let him go a little bit. And uh-huh. I can see that, especially on the phone chats and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. 
You want to know something really funny, though? Give me something really funny. So, since doing this movie, Little Rel said that real-life TSA agents all over the country recognizes him, and they, like, you know... They love him for doing the movie and I representing TSA so the way he that did. That motherfucker don't ever have to wait in line at the he airport. He never got to wait in line. His bags are probably hey. always on the plane. He's, he's cool. Let him through. Let him through. Like, That's TS motherfucking A, a right there. Right there. Little rail. <laughs> so, <laughs> we yeah. handle shit. We handle shit. <laughs> Consider this shit handled. handled. <laughs> I know. I would say that to him if I ever saw him in the airport. He'd be like, give me my shit so I can get on this plane. <laughs> I, I kind of want to, I'd want to go up to him and give him a hug. Hey, Uncle Drew, what's happening? What's, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's happening? He is hilarious. You showed me Uncle Drew. Yeah. That's a good-ass movie. That is a good one. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was funny. So, Little Rel, uh-huh. like we said, this kind of made him a big deal, right? Yeah. But he was not th- that big of a deal after making this movie. I mean, to a degree. He was not invited to the Oscars for this movie. Why not? I don't think that they thought that this movie would be nominated. So I don't think they considered them for the tickets. And once they did get nominated, you know, you get the director, the producer, and like, you know, the four lead actors, even though the majority of them are white, probably got tickets. Damn. But he didn't. But fucked up. He told this to Jimmy Kimmel, uh-huh. who on his show, who that year Jimmy was hosting the Oscars, and he said, "Yo, don't worry about it, yo. I'm gonna get this. I, I got, got you. you. I got you." And Little Rel's like, "No, man. Like, I called. I called them, and they were like, you 'You're not on any list ever or anything. They ain't, we ain't got no tickets for you this month." Yeah. Damn. So, like I said, you're just not in the club. You're just not in the club. But Jimmy Kimmel is, oh, and I believe is. that he got him into the Oscars. At least he said he was going to. I mean, but if I was Lil Rub, would I still want to go? Yes. I mean, it is the Oscars. I mean, at least that one, because when you never know. One, he's a comedian. He's known for being more of a comic comedian actor. Yeah, so you, that's true. Your your chances of you coming ever having a movie nominated to go to the Oscars is going to be kind of slim. True. So yeah. yeah, you might as well go because that's probably going to be your only time going. I got you. And a movie that he's probably extremely proud about. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want to go there this too. Is a great movie to go for. Um, and it has springboarded him to. Many, many projects, like I was saying earlier. Uh, this was probably his breakout role. Before this, he did a number of like things that you probably haven't heard of, or for the most part, people hadn't heard of. Uh, however, one thing stood out in my mind, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Ooh, he was in a TV series called In Living Color. You can do what you want to do. How old is he? Exactly. That's what threw me off. However, this shit is dated in 2012. So I don't know what this is, but it's Wait, does it have the picture of of In Living Color? Like they're... I don't know. But it says that he played a various He can't be too much older than us. But it's like, maybe it's a spoof on In Living Color or something like that. Okay. In living color. Yeah, exactly. I don't know 
I mean, the creator was Keenan Ivory Waynes. So I don't know what's going on with that. But in 2012, he did something for In Living Color. We need to find that. I want to know. <laughs> People need to know. But after Get Out, uh, he was on the Carmichael show. And he, I'm not gonna, Don't get me wrong. I love Tiffany Haddish. If you talk but, any shit about her, I'm throwing tea in your face. But I open, give me all, give me all the tea. Open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Little Rel might be my favorite part of that show. I'm gonna say the both of them being like married or ex married. Ex married. <laughs> they were good together. They were. They did most of their scenes together. But so. also, I like his dynamic with uh, playing the older brother. Yeah. You know. Yeah. To the parents. Because he true. has, uh, to the parents, uh, even when uh, grandma's uh, has her episode, <laughs> I, I, I like his, his his point of view on everything. You know what I mean? Um, he's kind of the, the heart and soul of that show. Yeah. He's like the voice of reason. Mm -hmm. And he's got this, like, this innocence about him. Uh, he did an uh, arc on Insecure. On HBO's mm, Insecure, for, I'm so uh, behind on that. A couple years back, sad. he did a quick thing in Tag, which I love that movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> he works opposite of Ed Helms for a minute, and then he had his own show, Rel. Is it over? As far as I know, I don't know if it's coming back for another season. I hope it comes back for another it's, season. It's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, hopefully it comes back for another season. Um, but yeah, that was 2018 to 2019. That's so Sinbad in it. It did have Sinbad. He plays dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty I got to finish that thing because I watched the first few episodes. Um. Yeah, hopefully it comes back for another season. Can I give you a fun fact? About Lil Rel? Yeah. Okay. Fun fact. So when Chris and Rod are talking to each other on the phone, uh -huh. they're really talking on the phones. I love it. But they're not talking to each other. They're talking to Jordan Peele. <laughs> oh. He's on the other end of the phone. That's why, like, when Little Rail, you know, he Chris's phone dies, and he's like, "Oh, I guess his phone died." Like, I've that to me feels improv. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he's just kind of going off of it. Yeah, and he has it. It's a lot easier to talk on a phone when there's somebody on the other end. It just feels real. I agree, and you can always tell when somebody's talking to nobody. Yeah, I would say like. uh don't get me wrong, I'm sure this scenario worked, but personally, I would have them talking to each other. I would have two cameras running in different rooms, split it up A unit and B unit, and be so far away that you can run both uh, units. However, set dressing, location, this, that, and the other, I don't know if you could do that. It was probably done on different days. Yeah, you're right. That's 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 because the struggle. Little Rel is supposed, Lil to, be is supposed to be the in the city. city, whereas Chris is at this country home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be difficult to shoot on the same day at the same time. I mean, I'm just happy that someone was on the other end. Unless you got like a studio setting. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that that would work. However, different time zones also. Pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure it's different time zones also. I don't know. They didn't fly anywhere. They just drove. Yeah, but okay, maybe there's just no windows in Little Rel's apartment then, because it's That's daytime. Chris's. Yeah, it's like all brick and there isn't any windows. Not I really. Could, I could be wrong about this, but isn't it where Chris's 
talking to him and it's daytime and then little Rel's apartment it's nighttime or maybe those are two different I conversations. just think that there's no windows like you said or at least there's they're not as shiny as yeah he's got like that brick wall and shit mm-hmm. like straight up New York style apartment yeah it probably or wasn't loft. a problem yeah it's the loft mm-hmm. his bed is all everything's in one room gotcha well my dude is uh got one, two, three, four, five, six projects out right now. Get it, in real. production. Little Rel is killing it. And uh I thought he did a hove. Wow, we're feeling this. Okay. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get done, you guys. We can't talk. I told this key you, is making I told us feel. You. you wanna hear a fun fact? Give me a fun fact. Uh what's a good fun fact? I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure he got his name from uh, playing basketball. Little Rail. If memory serves correctly. I I listened to his uh, episode on Armchair Expert, but that was a while ago. So um, I like him. He's a very confident man. Mm-hmm. Like In his outside life, he uh, believes what he believes. He stands up for what he believes. And as much as he is a comic and a comedian, you can have a very serious conversation with my my dude. And he will correct you if something is incorrect. Like, he doesn't shy away from things or he doesn't, like, put on a show just because he's on camera or on a microphone or nothing like that. But if memory serves me correctly, he got his name, Lil Rel, from playing basketball. But I could be wrong about that because I'm drunk and my memories are warped right now. (laughs) All right, let me give you a fun fact. Give me a fun fact. Did you know there's an alternate ending to this movie? The fuck? Now, we discussed how you kind they of... They go back and shoot her ass we again. Dis- we discussed how you did not like the ending. Not that you didn't like the ending, but it was not your favorite. Mm-mm. Maybe this one will help. I kind Don't of... Don't leave any loose ends. Here's the thing. If the cops aren't coming, she's going to die. Getting shot in the stomach, especially with a shotgun, she's not going to make it too, too much longer. But that is the slowest way to die is through getting shot through your stomach. Mm-hmm. So if they left and nobody comes to the house until morning, then she dead. Mm. But that has nothing to do with my alternate ending. So um, at the end of the movie, he chokes her as she's trying to tell him like i love you you know lying bitch and she smiles all creepily and he chokes her and then he stops Uh and this one it looks like he continuously choke her until the car pulls up and two policemen get out with their guns and then it's like cut to him and orange jumper in prison and little rel is there and little Rel's like, you know, you got to keep telling me, like, tell me what happened again, because I'm trying to get you out of here and I need to, like, you know, get the story straight so I can get you out of here. And Chris is just like, nah, man, I'm all right. It's cool. Like, I don't even want to get out of here because, you know, he did kill these people, but he he's like, I got him. I got him. Like, you know, no matter what happens, I got him. I got him to stop taking black people's lives and bodies you know, I put it Me into being this. in jail is a small sacrifice for saving so many other people. Yeah. And he hangs up his phone and he gets carried off to his cell. That's an interesting take on the end. Mm-hmm. It could work. Look it up. It's on YouTube. But at the same time, I think I like this ending better. 
I know you were going to say that because TSA fucking handles TS shit. motherfucking A handles <laughs> shit. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, Allison Williams. Mm-hmm. She plays Rose, our uh, girlfriend of the movie. Mm-hmm. This was her first movie. Yeah, but she had been in Girls. She had been in Girls for the last, like, five years or something like that. i never seen the show, but uh, she is one of the lead characters. You know who her dad is? Who's her daddy? Well, he... Wait, what's her last name? Williams? Williams. Uh, I don't know who her dad is. She is daughter to Brian Williams. Okay. The NBC Tonight anchor. Oh, okay. You know you know him. Like, you know him. If you looked his face up, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Guy. I probably know him, but I don't watch too much nightly news. Because well, I don't trust the news. He's not on there anymore because he lied about... There you go. Being shot down in a helicopter in Iraq during 9-11. What and he I almost died. And I do not trust the news. None of that happened. And so, yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, so that's her Nothing dad. but a giant advertisement to sway your minds. Out of everyone cast in this movie, to me, she was the most unrealistically mm. cast. I personally, I don't know if this is... Because she don't got a big old booty? I'm just saying that I believe that the majority of black men, uh-huh. when they do go for a white woman, they go for a thick white woman, uh-huh. one who has curves. I agree. And she has no curves. No. Not that there's nothing wrong with having any curves. Nothing but I'm wrong saying, with her. She's an attractive her, girl. For her to be catching as many black men uh-huh. as she has, uh-huh. she would have to be a thicker person. Uh-huh. I agree. That threw me off to a certain degree also. That is one thing that I saw that was, that like, threw me wait off. Wait a minute, how is this? She might get one or two, but she's not going to get as many as as she had uh-huh. the way that she. Unless she got a silver tongue and she's just sweet talking these guys uh, <laughs> some kind of how. I thought you were going to say. I was not going dirty with it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Her... I know what you were going to say. What? I wonder if you knew. You thought that I was going to say she's going to S the D. No, I thought you were going to say her. Seal she the must deal. Have, Get your mind out together. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you know, she might must have a pussy that she's such a sunshine. What does he say on Harlem Nights? I was not going to say what that. What is the Harlem Night line? I have got a girl whose pussy is so, so good. good. If you threw it in the air, it would turn into sunshine. Mm. I don't want to meet her. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were gonna that say. That's not what I was. It has to, to be say. that that good. No, because they got. She's got to uh, gain their interest in the first place, and she's not gonna do it as a white girl with a tiny booty. I'm glad you agree with this. I agree. I absolutely agree. Don't get me wrong. She's a very attractive girl. But not stereotypically what you would think of to be catching all these black men. Yeah. Like uh, Angela Johnson even uh, makes a joke about it in her stand-up. She's like, I like black guys, but black guys don't like me because I don't got a big old booty. Mm -hmm. So I'd be walking by and they'd be like, oh, snap, about to be my next little J-Lo. And then I walk past him and like, oh, Snope. Snope? (laughs) Not with that flat booty. Because they're uh, attracted to curves. Now, I'm not saying every black man is. I'm just saying 
every black man that I've ever accounted. (laughs) 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 That's all I'm saying. I'm just, and uh, you kind of brought up a point that there really isn't any curvy white women to take this role. Not saying that there isn't unnamed, unknown, curvy white women that could have took this role, but yeah. It's very difficult. I really tried to think about one that would fit. Uh Uh-huh. But you did name one that I thought of, uh, but I don't know if she, how good she would be. Cat, Cat, what's her face? Cat Dennings? Yeah, from Two Broke Girls. She curvy. She's curvy, for sure. Uh, she's a good actress, for sure. Uh, but it's very difficult to find this type of character. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It was hard. And I understand you'd rather go for great Somebody acting. Somebody that embodies the character rather than embodies the look. And good ups to Jordan Peele for not going based on looks. But I would have looked a little harder for a thick white chick. That should be that. <laughs> okay. At the same Make time. Make it real. If she did a great job. Yeah. You know, everything that she says almost has a double meaning. Like everything she does is to sway and uh, sheep her Chris into exactly where they want him to be. Mm-hmm. Like even when she's talking shit on her family and how her dad was constantly saying my man my man i've never heard him say my man in his life yeah so you want to like she's like trying to be on his side mm-hmm. and reassure him uh and all chris and it's working because all he says is i told you i told you you know yeah um but at, she's she's fucking playing him the entire time like when well, of course. she when he's asking for the keys, like Rose, give me the fucking keys. She's like I can't like find he's being him. very calm about it. This person, but like bad. they're in her hand the, the whole, whole time, fucking yeah. time. Like, give me those keys, Rose. Now, now the keys. Oh, 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 be careful, bro. Where are those keys, Rose? You know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? You know I can't give them you to know you, I babe. You know I can't give you these keys, right, babe? But I believe her all the way up until she pulls those keys out. Oh, no. When she didn't pull them out immediately, I was like, oh, like, this bitch is... You know this bitch is, like... Well, I've watched a kajillion horror movies in my life, so I can... You know damn well that she's fucking them over. Yeah. But at the same time, she's doing a good job of it. Yeah. He should have drove. Why he let that bitch drive? She... <laughs> she does... I don't let anybody drive. She does ever. a good job... Um, I saw something and they brought this up and I thought, you know what? You're right. Like the scene where they talk to the police after they hit the deer uh-huh. and they're sitting there talking and she's the one who's just like, wait, he, why does he need to give you his ID? Yeah. It's and not she's because she's big... defending him for his sake. It's because she don't want evidence that he was even there. Exactly. Exactly. There's so many double things in this movie and every time she's talking, it's for a different purpose. Well, yeah, she got to read into everything that she says. She has to be the anchor for these guys. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're there, the reason why they stay. Mm-hmm. Because after the brother got there, you could have just been like, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable here. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Which begs the question, why? Why what? Why do they have her do this in the first place? Because apparently um, Bradley Whitford, the dad, um, Dean is his name in the movie, has other tactics for getting these guys or these guys and girls. Such as? Like in the beginning when they get Andre. 
That's because he's on his way to see her. He's on his phone to some girl. And he said, you got me out oh, here in right. this white neighborhood. And blah, blah, blah. All right, babe, I'm a, I'll see you in a minute. That's true. That's why. But that's not the only tactic. What's another one? I don't know. I'm sure there's other tactics. Nah, man. Like, uh, Chicks. Stefan Root says, you know, you got lucky because uh, Dean's other tactics are less than uh, desirable. I think his other tactics meaning like him rounding them up. Mm-hmm. Her tactic is getting them there, being the anchor, making them feel calm and making them not run. Mm-hmm. So she has to find these guys, find out what they like, be that girl. Come on, come meet my parents. It's just for the weekend. And then, Shit. so yeah, like that that's her job. And then she's on to the next one. I'm not doing it. So Jordan said that Allison reminded him of someone you know and you had a crush on when you met her the first time at summer camp. Mm. That's what like he was looking for was the like girl next door kind of look which i get it and i also thought that you know allison her look is more appeasing to white audience to show like ooh, you know this could be your daughter this could be your niece your neighbor very much so you know kind of feel it instead of it being a curvy voluptuous woman which they probably would be like, well, you know, she deserves to die because she's a slut. She has all these, instead of it being more apple pie. They didn't go with a blonde bombshell type girl. Which is fine. Because I wouldn't have done that either, especially for horror movies. Everyday white girl. Yeah. She basic. She pretty basic. Like, she pretty <laughs> basic. <laughs> if I say it that way, it still doesn't sound better. I'm done. It doesn't. <laughs> she's pretty. But she can play both parts of this. Yeah. Like when she ties her hair back in that tight ass bun and puts that. on those turtlenecks. She and looks so weird. I don't like, like it. Creepy and pure. I don't like it. Like straight up. Ugh. I don't like it. Yeah. So she can play both sides of this. That's the thing. Is her her real personality is very cultish. Mm-hmm. You know. That's, that's why she's she drinking that skim milk and Do eating those Fruit Loops. Separately, through a straw, exactly. Well, you know that whites and coloreds can't mix. Yes, that's another thing. So everybody thinks that because she was eating the fruit loops separate and then drinking the milk separate, that that is a hint into Jordan Peele saying that whites and colors can't mix, and it's not. It's more so that she is a very weird girl. Mm-hmm. Because even in this movie, whites and blacks are mixing because they are taking over their bodies. But technically they're not. I mean, they are, but they're not. Technically they're not. Um, but I was watching an interview earlier today, and it's like, that is not what I was intending on doing. But it's, it's not a good... what that means. But it is an interesting almost, point almost, of view. I'm going to say you... Intentionally did it. You just didn't know you were doing it. <laughs> um, I have a fun fact about her. What's that? So Allison wrote a letter to R.L. Stein. Oh. 
the author of the Goosebump books. Nice. In 1996, when she was eight. Oh, that's very sweet. And she got a response back. Really? Yes. But it was in 2014 when she was 26. <laughs> what? Yeah. It only took forever, but... Uh, she finally got around to she, it or what? R.L. Stein? Yeah, he finally went through his mail and he was like, ooh, this one's a fresh one from 1996. That's interesting. Let me write I it I would back. say that uh, after that, she went on to act in another project about another set of books. Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, Lippity uh-huh, Snickers. Uh-huh. Lippity Snickers. Uh-huh. She plays uh, Kit Snicket, I think was her name. Oh, uh-huh. And that was her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's only in the the second, the last half. Can I give you another give fun fact? Give me a fun fact, fact. absolutely, because I'm almost done. You know, well, she... Okay, so <laughs> this tea is fucking my brain. I was know, it? it's... It's got like this, like it's because black tea has caffeine in it. I think it's all all the caffeine in itself. Okay, okay, that might be what it is. So Tom Hanks. Uh huh. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's uh, kind of big deal. I hear he's getting a lifetime achievement award soon. But is he really? He deserves it. I mean, I don't know who he is. Anyway, so <laughs> Tom Hanks officiated her wedding. What? Yes. Apparently, his wife volunteered him, so she got married by. Captain Phillips himself, Mr. Forrest Gump. So he married them, but four years later in 2019, they announced that they were separated. So maybe he's not a good luck charm. No fucking way. <laughs> Tom yeah. Hanks performed their wedding. Yeah. I mean, who, who was she married to? I didn't even know she was married. I don't know. Some dude I never heard of. But yeah, she was married. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that mean? No, but uh, Ricky Van Veen. That's an unfortunate name. <laughs> um, <laughs> either way, damn. Tom Hanks. I didn't know Tom Hanks performed weddings. He probably doesn't, but, you know. I think we should hit him up. When you guys what, get what married. What the wife he wants. Well, when you guys get married, let's talk to Tom Hanks, see if he'll do it. Dude. Let's do it. Oh, you said you wanted Dak Shepard. I would love Dak Shepard to perform our wedding. Yeah. Officiate our wedding, whatever you call it. I'm down. I don't even want to be in your wedding. I just want to sit next to his wife. Is that okay? Can I do that? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's fine by me. All right. <laughs> Kristen Bell. I'll, wa- I'll walk her to the front. I, I would love Dak Shepard to do it because he just strikes me as the type of person that understands both of us and our upbringing you know like he's a midwest boy he's from uh the outskirts of detroit not far from where ashley grew up but also uh he is not from a privileged background which i very much associate with damn my voice is getting weird and raspy right now. or you could do tom hanks who's a bay area boy and he's tom hanks he is tom hanks but (laughs) I almost think that, uh, I don't know why I have it in my mind, but I feel like if Dak Shepard feels like me and Ashley are going to be all right, then we actually might be all right. 
I feel like you're going to be all right. Does We're going to be all right. Does regardless. that count? Yes. All right. It absolutely does. Good. We're going to be fine. My opinion counts. But you... for someone who is married to someone who is uh, from a different upbringing. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, like Christian Bell did not grow up the same way that Dak Shepard grew up. True. You know what I mean? And somehow they have found a way to make that work. Make and they love each other work. very much. Can so I he's like, yes, I will officiate this wedding. Yes, I approve this union. These two are going to be just fine. I'm like, oh, shit. Someone who knows Dak Shepard, uh, <laughs> can you guys help help a brother out? <laughs> she got to ask me first. She ain't proposed yet. I mean, but let's get that locked down. Once he's locked down, then someone has to pop the question. <laughs> I know, right? We got to start a Patreon. Jason <laughs> needs to make some money. Can I give you a fun fact? Pay for a ring, shit. Yes, help help him out. You know what the funniest part about so this is? So there could be an open bar at this wedding, so I can get soft. She's in the shower and she has no idea this conversation is taking place right now. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing's gonna have to hear it on the episode. <laughs> can I give you a fun fact? Yes, please. You want to know who was asked to audition for this movie but turned it down? Who? My girl, Tiffany Haddish. Oh, she, she was asked to audition, but she declined it due to being too afraid of horror films. She uh, would have probably been, uh, what's her face? Betty? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. I don't know if... And her little rel would have did a movie again, did another project together. I well, I mean, she did Keanu with uh, Jordan Peele before this. Yeah, that, and that after shortly after that, he was getting ready to do this and asked her. And she was like, I don't like scary movies. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if I mean I love Betty Gabriel in this, mm-hmm. so I don't know if Tiffany would have done a better job. I, I... she probably would have done a good job, but I... Betty Gabriel, you did such a great job that I don't know if you could have achieved much better. I'm not saying maybe different, but not much better. I I love me some Tiffany Haddish. I know you do. So I'm not gonna say no, but you you're right. So I love Tiffany Haddish. I just don't know if she's right for this particular role. Okay, I'll say it that way. Certain people are just not right for a role. You don't want to see Tom Hanks in freaking. I don't know. He's a really bad example because I was He's just in everything. I was just recently telling somebody that like. If Tom Hanks did a movie and he played Martin Luther King, I would be like, just give him a chance. It's Tom <laughs> Hanks. It's probably going to be good. Just just give him a chance. It's Tom fucking Hanks. It's Tom fucking Hanks. So he's a bad example because I will give him a chance for anything. Well, it is time to talk about our main character, Mr. Daniel Kaluuya. It sounds like Kaluuya, and I love it. <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya. So like I was saying earlier, it takes 10 years yes. on average to become an overnight success. Nobody knew who the fuck Daniel Kaluuya was until they saw Black Mirror. Yes. And the funny thing is that episode of Black Mirror was filmed in 2011. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see it until what, like 2015 maybe? When Netflix got it. Yeah, Yeah, when Netflix got a hold of it. Mm -hmm. Then from there, he finally, because he'd done like little things here and there. Uh, he did do Kick-Ass 2 in 2013, played Black Death. Okay. I liked part two. Yeah. It was small part. Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did uh, Sicario. 
2015, but he's like paying his dues and earning his stripes here and there. It wasn't until Get Out that finally solidified him as a fucking movie star actor. You know, a quality caliber actor. And it was, I don't know if this is where Jordan Peele saw him was on Black Mirror. I don't know. I didn't but he did that. a hell of a job in that episode. This You want to know what sealed the deal? Huh. So he got the role on the spot after killing his fucking audition. There you go. Because Jordan loved that he could do the one tear coming down the cheek. And he did that scene five times for an audition. And each time the tear came down at the exact same moment. Like yeah, he had it fucking trained for it to come out. So yeah. he loved it. And he was like, this is this is the guy. He has uh-huh. these crazy big eyes where he'd just be sinking. So, you know, his audition. He had that James Earl Jones tear. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Do you know who was originally in mind for this role of Chris? Terrence Howard. No. <laughs> no. You'll never guess in a millionaire. All right. Eddie Murphy. Have what? you heard of him? Yeah. He was originally chosen to play Chris, but Jordan decided to go against it because he was too old. Yeah, I was going to say he's too old to play this part. But I that's feel the, like... That's my only argument with it is he's too old. Yeah, but if you would have did this 30 years ago, 30 maybe years he would have been the right age. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like that was the rough draft. Like he had him in mind when he was writing the script, maybe. Okay. But I don't think they ever called him in or anything like that. I don't think so. No. I mean, during this time, he was do- playing uh, Mr. Church. Yeah. So he was doing a drama at the time. He was. And he did a great job in that movie. Uh, but, yeah, I just think he's too old for this movie. They would have to change everything. Yeah. They would have to change the dynamic of absolutely everything. And it would be a, uh older divorcee who he's dating. And she's bringing him home to meet her children. Something. Maybe. Something. I don't well, yeah. know. It was too old, so yeah. he cut it. Didn't them. work. That's that's why Jordan did so many drafts. Yeah. That was probably one of the first hundred. Okay. So Jordan, when he was writing the like hypnosis scene, uh-huh. there was a point in the process that got something out of him and he felt that it was very like real and he started crying like as he was writing Mm. the scene i think it would be mainly the whole trying to think of you know the worst thing that happens in chris's life Mm -hmm. his mother dying getting killed and the only thing he's worried about is watching tv about it but how can you do anything about it when you're like eight yeah you can't do anything about it when you're a child do anything because if he did something that would make it real yeah. And he was too scared to face that. He didn't want to. He's like, she'll be back. It's fine. She's, she's coming. Mama yeah. always comes home. Mm-hmm. You want to know the meaning of the sunken place? Yes. So the meaning of the sunken place is where black people are marginalized. And no matter how hard we scream, we are always silenced. Mm-hmm. We are, they always silence us and it doesn't matter. And so that is what the sucking place represents mm. in America today. And I know we already talked about Daniel 
Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Um, <laughs> in Black Panther during Black History Month in February. So we don't really have to talk about him that much. Would you kill me, my love? In a second. For Wakanda. Without question. Without question. <laughs> like, Damn, bitch. I thought we were cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, like I was saying earlier, you remember when I was saying that um, your boyfriend, Mr. Lakeith, is doing a movie mm-hmm. with another cast member? Mm-hmm. He's working with Daniel mm-hmm. in Jesus Was My Homeboy. My homie? Yeah. Okay. I'm down. So Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, I think that's how you say his name, um, are doing a movie together called Jesus Was My Homeboy. So We'll have to keep an eye out yeah, for we'll see when Jesus that and one his comes homies. Out. It is in pre-production at the moment. Okay, okay. But I believe they are the top-billed cast. Let oh, me double-check that. Yeah, they're the, they're the two. They're the two top-billed. I'm down. Aside from Jesse Plemons or whatever. You know Jesse Plemons. I don't know Jesse. He used to be he used to work down on the street on 42nd Street selling rugs. <laughs> you remember Juanita? Yeah, I remember that bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> T-Man. Teresa's ex. Oh, yeah. She, she worked at the movie theater all on 8th. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know that is him. Why are you dressed like that fucking Carlton? That's what you should <laughs> Why is he dressed like that? <laughs> no shit. Why is Carlton at the party? What's going down? <laughs> Even Carlton's got more character and more like spunk than this dude. <laughs> I know because he was very uptight. Very he said much. that he was happy to have me. He felt comfortable having me around. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yep. Um, so, yeah, man, Daniel Kaluuya, Oscar nominated for this movie. Yeah, as he should be. Mm-hmm. Because he did good. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to be Black Panther. Black Panther. He's got a couple and the of things Avengers out right now. In game and shit. Avengers in game, yeah. Um, he's done a few things afterwards. He is doing a Christmas Carol right now. <laughs> A Christmas Carol, this fucking tea. We gotta get done. My Our dyslexia is like up. up here right now, <laughs> and I don't even have dyslexia. But I just I want think you to I, know. I think this team gave it to me. I made a bomb ass cocktail. You guys <laughs> fucked us all up, and it was nice. It tastes good. It was really good, but it snuck up on you. It snuck, yeah. All right, so it's getting late, and I'm out. You out? I'm out. I'm out. Except Daniel, for one thing, you did a hell of a job. This is a great movie. Keep doing your thing. Keep on keeping on. Told you so. You know what time it is, though. It's time for Z for the people. Ah. (laughs) So uh, I had to do some thinking of what would be a good Z for the people for this movie. I think I found one. Okay. So it's called the Black Filmmaker Foundation. Hey, I like that. The BFF was founded in 1978 for the social and artists um, connecting and developing their arts and showing that, you know, we here, we out here. Mm. 
So in the late 60s and early 70s, they helped to address the disenfranchisedness of black filmmakers and black audience, how we get paid less and our movies get shown in less theaters. And then it's like, well, you know, hey, your movie didn't make any money. Yeah, well, there's 4,000 theaters and you only put it in 250. How am I really going to have to like show it? Mm-hmm. So they help with that. So for the past 40 years, they played a pivotal role in getting our voices out there. And in the past 10 years now, they have included all filmmakers of color. Oh, so okay. that means you too, boo. I, I qualify? You qualify. Shit, my movie's set in the black community. Here Let's get go. it on. Black Filmmaker Foundation. We'll look them up and see what they can do for us because right. they want to help us out and to make sure that our stories are being told to the world. So, de- yeah. Go I'll, donate. I'm going to screenshot that page in your book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to be calling them soon. Let's give them a call and see how they do it because it's not just for black people, it's for all of our colored people. I got you. And yeah, that's my Z for the people. Uh, all the Fruit Loops and Creepy Ass Roses cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the skin milk. Skin milk. <laughs> <laughs> The hell drink skim milk. Not I. No. <laughs> Not I. That bitch was I've tried it. That shit's nasty. And she kind of ruined the Dirty Dancing song for me. I'm not happy with that. Especially after the other week when we were filling the shit out of that song. <laughs> it's still a great song. It is a great song. But having her like pick her neck victim out to that song after she knows her last victim is waiting to go down. Because mm-hmm. I... Had the time of my life. All right. It's late. It's late as fuck. Longer so, than I anticipated. So thank you guys for listening into our episode. If you guys have any Hollywood close encounters like me and Smashley had today, please write them into Lights Camera Cocktail No S at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe to us and rate and review us on Spotify, Castbox, iTunes, Podbean, you name it. Find us. Do it. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the fucking social media, fucking stupid stuff that we have to post this stuff on. You guys watch it. That shit is exhausting, yo. It's exhausting. But we do appreciate all your guys' likes and views. Thank you very much. Um, You got anything to say? Hell no. You knocked it out. I did. Okay. Well, then let's get ready for (laughs) next week's movie. Next week's movie, I am. Jason has not seen this movie. God damn. And I think he's going to be very happy with it. It's a really cool movie, uh-huh. but he doesn't like scary movies. And we're getting a little more scary as the month goes on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit's going to get creepy. All right. So you ready? No. Okay. I'm kidding. Hold on. Now I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> Marty, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> People in this town drive in a very counterintuitive matter. That's what I have to say. Do you want to spend the weekend in jail? Because we'd like to go check out my cousin's country home. It is a statistical fact. Cops will never pull over a guy with a huge bong in his car. Why? They fear this man. They know he can see farther than they, and he will bind them with ancient logics.
You're not bringing that thing in the Rambler. What? A giant bong in your father's van? <laughs> what are you stoned? <laughs> yes, be, yes, I am. I will be as soon as this is over. Let's oh do it. <laughs> my god! If I can ever find that bong, I will get it for you. If I can ever find that bong, <laughs> I will get it for me. I hope it's me. I will find out if it's a real thing. Coolest bong ever. Coolest bong ever. So that's it, you guys. We did it. We did it. We out. We are tired. We really got to start getting these podcasts done earlier in the the night. Yeah, we we wait till the end of the night, early morning to (laughs) get our drink on. All right, people. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. We will see you guys right here with a scary-ass movie next week on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Sex Life. Sex. Bro, you better get out of there, man. I told you not to go in that house. I told you.